Hey, thanks for clicking on the video. This is going to be another episode of SNTR Gaming News talking about the Horizon VR PSVR 2 announcement that took place during CES 2022. And it sparked a discussion yesterday about is VR just a fad? Generally speaking, I think VR shows a lot of promise, but I want to talk about some of the challenges that it's going to face in the future with the rise of other gaming avenues. This is an SNTR update. Horizon VR was announced during CES 2022 to a lot of shock as well as praise, and many are starting to wonder, is VR the next wave of the gaming future, or is it just another fad? This looks to be the centerpiece of the PSVR 2, given the way that they announced it and couched it, basically the next generation of VR for the PlayStation. If you like these quick updates, be sure to hit subscribe and the bell button, or check me out over on SNTR Gaming, where I stream these live. So this was the centerpiece of the announcement you can see here. They introduce it, they talk about it, there's been some other commentary that I'll read to you in just a moment about what this game is going to do to the VR landscape. It is a side experience. This is not part of the Horizon Forbidden West main game, and it is not launching at the same time as Horizon Forbidden West. This was basically a teaser trailer. So we don't even know what their target uh, time frame is for this coming out, but it is a side game experience that obviously would be very different than what you do in Horizon Forbidden West because it's a third-person action-adventure game. Now, a former Guerrilla developers who did not work on this named Chris James tweeted the following, This has been in the works for a while. I didn't work on it, but I promise you this will change what AAA means for VR. It's amazing. So, it's clear they put a lot of time and effort into this. It's also pretty clear this probably will not be as expansive as an experience as Horizon Forbidden West, given that VR is going to continue to, I think, face some challenges with respect to publishers, uh, getting funding, size and scope of games, the quality of the games. I want to walk through some of those challenges right now. First and foremost, it's an extra purchase, which is coming in a variety of ways. There are standalone versions of VR that are sort of lacking in power. Then there's the PSVR 2 that harnesses the power of the PlayStation because obviously if you look at these graphics, this is a little bit more advanced and pretty compared to some of the other VR experience that are out there. VR is still sort of a new technology field and it's not quite as advanced as the power of like maybe let's say your PC or your PlayStation. Now there are VR experiences that would harness the power of your PC that could then rise to the high fidelity graphics. Right now, that is one of the challenges, is it's a little unclear which version you should buy, which VR you should buy, and the standalone versions are doing well. There's there's a good adoption rate for some of them with respect to market saturation. However, they're currently not very strong. What this would mean is, is that you would have to convince all of these people to upgrade to a stronger unit in the distant future or the near future. This will limit what the games can do. This will then limit what games can land where. This will pose a problem for publishers because they will look at the market and say, it's just too small right now. We don't want to put a lot of money behind video game projects on this landscape. The really strong VR units are in short supply. The more popular ones maybe aren't quite as strong. It's a bit of a mismatch right now, and that will make publishers a little bit averse to this because they're risk-averse. They don't like investing in things that won't have a huge ROI. Even if they do decide to invest in projects, they will be significantly smaller in scope 
scope, budget, and size because the market itself is significantly smaller than the global gaming market. If you do a multi-platform launch of a game on PC, Xbox, and PlayStation, you're talking about literally millions upon millions of potential buyers, and the VR currently does not even come close to that, and that will keep publishers away. Now, this will also have an influence on things going forward. If everyone's sort of buying into VR and the libraries are very limited, they're not that impressive because publishers are staying away, it could limit how quickly the traction gets going. Because if you have good adoption rates and people are buying the units and then there's not enough games coming out or the games coming out aren't all that impressive, that will have an effect on VR becoming more popular and growing. I still think there are significant challenges to VR from a subjective standpoint. Many people don't like it. It makes them feel motion sick. They think it's a gimmick or they've never experienced it. So there's a variety of reasons for people to sort of stiff arm it. I think the number one cause for people to not enjoy it is something that's out of their control if they get dizzy or motion sick. There could be technological advancements in VR to minimize that. But as it stands right now, there are a lot of hurdles standing in the way of a VR experience or VR games in units reaching their full potential time will tell if those things change and if things and barriers of entry and and cost and other prohibitive things if those things can be removed then vr stands a chance as it looks right now it will be really great experiences in a more limited capacity and playstation wants to get a piece as always if you like these sntr updates hit subscribe and the bell button or check me out on sntr gaming where i stream and i'll see you in the next video And I'll see everybody else right now. We got into this yesterday, and I thought it was so late in the day, lots of people are going to want to weigh in on this. During that opening recording, Joe Bauer with a brand new membership. Is that the Joe Bauer that I know from from childhood, or is it a different Joe Bauer? I saw you subscribe the other day on the dashboard, and I was like, I wonder if that's him. Uh, If it's you, thank you, brother. Welcome. Uh, and if it's not you, thank you for the membership. I appreciate it. Enjoy the, the dope badge and emotes. You're dope and deserve dope stuff. Thank you for that. Good morning to everybody else. Oh, it is you. It is you. Okay, well, good to see you, Joe. Good to see you. A handful of you guys, uh, uh, Jeff and Jeremy, reached out um, when everything went down in, in the summer of 2020. Uh, to kind of check in on me and I appreciated that like there were some still long-standing friendships there of like holy crap bro are you okay um, that that was I that was a pretty uh, that was a comforting thing to think that there you know you homies were still around so we obviously are in a very different scenario now but things are looking very very good uh, we are nearing 10,000 subs on the channel and uh, that's that's crazy given everything we've had to do the risks the risks that we've had to take and the big decisions we've had to make uh, end of last year are really starting uh, to pay off so good to see you Joe good to see you feed I see you in the chat good to see everybody what's good Hilly uh and barrier and melrose we've got some really good plans for 2022 we hope you guys enjoy them i was running some things uh by hilly last night some stuff that we have planned uh later today we have a stream about nightingale the game that debuted during the game awards and we're going to be walking through a pretty significant update they sat down with games radar to talk about the game and there's really really good information for those that are interested so be sure to smash the like button be sure to smash the like button, get us our first 100 likes as we delve into a subject that we've talked about before, and I used a phrase that really 
uh, sparked a lot of debate yesterday, and I've had to qualify it and maybe even adjust it because the phrase mainstream is difficult to define even within a certain realm. So we're going to say, oh, this is never going to, this is what I said yesterday. I said, well, I don't think VR will ever be mainstream in the gaming world, and I outlined all the potential challenges, kind of what I did in that video. And I got a lot of pushback because it's 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 rising, it's being invested in, it's it's the next technology wave is what a lot of people think. And so I got a lot of pushback. It did seem like a lot of the pushback stemmed from the fact that people were like, there's all these other fields that VR is going to be significant in, which I would never disagree with. I, I don't know enough about those fields to formulate a disagreement. However, in the field of gaming, I, I think for the for the future of it, it will always face challenges unless there's some significant developments to remove the barriers of entry, the prohibitive things that prevent people from, from delving in and thinking, oh, I'm going to play a VR game until they can remove those things. Like You can't change the way people's eyeballs and brains work. Uh, there's science there. And whatever percentage of people that cannot enjoy VR... Uh, akin to how there's a percentage of people that cannot enjoy a roller coaster, right? There's just certain things in our makeup that we can't enjoy certain things. I would actually say there's probably a higher probability of people having a negative experience in VR than the number of people who have a negative experience on a roller coaster, right? I, I think there's I think there's probably a higher probability of strapping something to your face and having it really close to your eyes having a higher probability of a negative experience than those who like ride a roller coaster and say they get a little dizzy vertigo or motion sick or whatever some of that could be just driven by fear people just don't like the idea of going high up in the air strapped to a bucket seat and you know flipping around and and and, and corkscrewing you know through the through the course or whatever so scientists upon hearing lono hold my beer hold my bear <laughs> hold my bear um that's going to be, I think, one of the significant barriers of entry is if, if somebody has... Think of it this way. Let's say they have these technological advancements and things get better. Cool. That doesn't mean you're going to be able to convince people who just one time had a negative experience. Like, as an analogy, if you go and have a really negative experience with a 3D movie, the glasses are uncomfortable, it didn't look that good... You're, you're not going to really care if they say, oh, but we've made 3D movies better. You're going to be like, I don't care. I, I, I've, I've seen it. I tried it. I, I don't like it. So the, the aversion to the technology will be a really, really difficult thing for VR to shake. In the realm of gaming especially, I think. Because I think in the realm of gaming, you're going to struggle to have an impressive library as well as impressive graphics. Because... Yesterday, one of the things that got sort of touted out to me was, oh, look at this standalone VR unit. Look at how well it's doing. Look at the attach rates and the adoption rates. I'm like, well, that's great, but it's pretty weak. It's a pretty weak piece of equipment, okay? So frontline developers are going to be like, well, we could make a VR game, but look how much we have to limit the graphical fidelity and look how little, look how, look how not powerful the device is, right? I, you know, this doesn't seem like something uh, that, we, that we should get into. Uh, or, or you know, they, they approach a publisher and maybe they really do want to make a VR game and the, v, and the publisher's like, that, that, that market's too small right now. We're not going to make any money back. Like, your budget and what you need with respect to the technology, the development, and the, and the, and the, and the creation of this game 
is going to far exceed what we can make on it. There's not enough people to sell it to. Someone in chat saying, and I hadn't considered this yet. This is this is actually very interesting given other things I've talked about with brain science and screens and children. They recommend kids under 12 don't use VR. So you have to remove that whole market. See, that's another thing that can create that stigma of, oh yeah, children under 12 shouldn't use it. Well, then, I mean, families are going to think, well, I don't know if we want to bring that in the house, then little Billy can't play it. Or, well, wait, children under 12, okay, well, maybe it's just not good in general, you know? Yo, it's a resub! That's old school. John always with a five-month renewal. Thank you so much for that. We need 17 more likes for the first 100 likes so go ahead and do that over 200 people here already good morning good afternoon and good evening welcome to the show uh asking the question is vr a fad i don't think it's a fad i want to hear from you though uh let's see let's get a poll going is vr in gaming let's do that is vr in gaming just a fad yes or no Let's see, let's see, because there, there might be a lot of disagreement on this. It could be heavily slanted in the no, like, no, it's not a fad. This is going to, this is going to take us to the moon. There's so much here. So answer the question uh, and welcome in to the discussion. Butter says it's bad for eye development. Well, and, and this, this gets really, really deep. Okay. This gets really, this can get kind of complex. It can get, get, get kind of philosophical, but let's have at it. Our integration with technology won't be fully understood for probably another 50 years. It will it will take, you know, psychologists and sociologists and and even I would even say maybe even political science, you know, uh, educated persons, majors, whatever. It's going to take 50 years to fully grapple with the impact of how much we integrate with technology. Like, you can go back and look at the impact of the printing press on literacy, for example. You know, the dawn of this technological, you know, wonder of the printing press and what that did to uh, literacy rates and education and higher learning. You can trace, like, a trajectory from that moment, right? And all these different things that happen as a result of the invention of the printing press. And... We don't even fully, we're we're not zoomed out enough yet. We're so close to everything. I literally graduated high school 22 years ago, and none of this stuff was a thing. The way that cell phones have evolved, you know, to to the dawn of the iPhone, to mobile gaming, to the the experiences we have uh, on our our gaming systems, to the, you know, technology of our televisions and what they look like and how far advanced, you know, movies have come, you know. Look, look at the difference in like w- when the Matrix came out. I was in high school, and to now, obviously, people have their opinions on the new movie. But look at the quality and the CGI and the technology. It's 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 at a breakneck speed. Has there? I don't know if there's ever been a time we would need somebody far more educated and and, and a, an expert in the field to commentate on this. Is are we living in the the literal fastest? era of technology advancements i think we might be i honestly think we might be because if you look at discoveries for you know medicines and 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 like cancer research and life expectancy and and computer technology i i honestly think we might actually be in the literal fastest era of technological advancements i i think that 
there things change and and upgrade and get better at such a speed that we can't even keep we can't even keep up with it right so that would be the worry would be we don't fully understand how integrating with technology to the degree that we are what sort of an impact that's going to have on our psychology and our development look at the impact it's having on culture and how we interact and and in from from political discourse to philosophical and religious discourse look at the impact it's having on how those things take place i i I think that is just the beginning of the impact of our technological integration trajectory Alarian said something. He said, just devil's advocate. Didn't we hear all the same stuff when there were kids about sitting in front of the TV and how it would melt our eyes and all that? My mom thought I was going to go blind. Well, no, that it is bad for your eyes to sit too close to the television. That, that science hasn't changed. We were always told don't sit too close to the television. It's bad for your eyes. And it is. It creates eye strain. It's too bright. It's like It would be like staring at a light bulb for... 25 minutes it's not good for you you end up seeing spots afterward right it's it's too intense uh that hasn't changed by the way what what has changed is greater understandings of blue light and brain stimulation and you know you can look at the studies of like you know understimulated brains in orphanages that led to the study of overstimulated brains and the impact that it's having on young children where their brains are overstimulated from too much screen time and it leads to learning disabilities behavioral problems social problems obesity all these things stem from an inordinate amount of screen time at a very very young age now now take that as a as a sort of a microcosm of of how strong the impact that these things have on your brain and trace that out over your life just because you're 15 or 16 doesn't mean those effects are not still there they might be a little bit more subdued right it might be a little bit more subdued but they're still there and you know continue that trajectory into adulthood where you're working in a cubicle all day video games and now with the dawn you know with the dawn and the rise of VR it's just one more way for your brain and your experiences to be significantly uh, modified I'm not suggesting it's wrong I'm saying talking about the health concerns preventing adoption of the product right 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 there is certainly something to be said that yeah, the concerns about it wouldn't be enough to slow it down. It would have an impact, Alarian, but screen time for children, I don't know when it's going to start to change. It'd be interesting to see if they've done any studies. Has the science impacted the behavior of the culture? Like, are parents becoming more aware setting your two-year-old in front of the TV or an iPad or something is horrendously bad for them? No judgment. This is science. I'm not judging you. But is the science changing the behavior? Are parents being like, oh my gosh, we should stop doing this or we need to really curb it down and minimize it? Like our, our six-year-old stares at screens all day and, and we're noticing you know, the behavioral things. My children look at get to watch a movie about once a week and they get to play video games once a week. And I will tell you, it has a significant impact on their mood and their behavior for the hour afterward. It's like if they watch an hour of television, I have a 
somewhat grumpy, overspent, overstimulated child for about an hour. I gotta bring them down out of that cloud. They're uh, they're they're annoyed and irritated. They don't like that we have to turn it off. They 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 tend to be more more prone to kind of throw a fit and cry. And this is after watching you know a cartoon like Bluey or something or or a movie. It, 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 like I can see it, you know. Now imagine if I was letting them do that every day for six hours, like. What am I doing to their to their poor little moldable brain if it's just an hour, one hour of, of experiences like this affects their entire mood and disposition? This is why we limit it. It's like it's a treat or when when my wife and I have like a therapy session with our therapist and we do the Zoom, last night our babysitter had to cancel so we didn't get to have our date night. Um, and so we did the Zoom call. So when we do the Zoom call, they get to watch a movie. When we, the babysitter comes over, we don't, we we tend to to just hey, play board games or something. But we uh, we play about an hour to an hour and a half of video games on Saturday. They get to play with me. It's like a really great thing. They get really excited. But boy, oh boy, when it's time to shut it off, they have a very very hard time with that. And you can see behavioral patterns in children that 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 don't necessarily stop in adulthood. They just sort of change shape right they just change shape you know babies cry when they're hungry kids are grumpy and maybe get a little fussy when they're hungry adults we get hangry like that doesn't go away does it like your 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 mental response to that kind of a stimuli doesn't necessarily go away it changes right you're not standing in a mcdonald's and like crying like it's just taking too long like maybe you are maybe you didn't ever really grow up um i mean twitter's an example of an entire generate well maybe not a generation but an entire culture of people that are like stuck in like high school gossipville but i mean that's another example there like look at the behavior of people on twitter and you can clearly see they've not risen out of like the the zero self-esteem super insecure arrested development gossip centric drama focused addled brain like that's just that is twitter it's an it's it's becoming its own sort of subculture if you if you think about how people talk about like you know 4chan uh and reddit like Twitter is becoming its own internet subculture of just it's just it's nasty and it's 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 driven by drama and hate and controversy. And so you got to think about all these things and you can't act like you know VR is going to be just benign in its impact on you or children or teenagers or whatever. So if if Horizon VR is spectacular and it it impacts the market and AAA studios really start backing VR experiences and more people start buying the PS VR 2 and it becomes uh, a more prominent thing in the gaming world. Well, don't pretend that it's just going to be a benign experience. You know, it, 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 it's going to have an impact on you. It will. It's, it's, it's not going to be neutral. I, 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 don't, I don't think that's possible. Is it the TV technology that's causing the problem or is it the content of the show? It is the actual stimulation and the blue light bleep. So the blue light affects affects you chemically and the stimulation of the show, like it's quick, it's fast, it's real quick segments. It's like, hey, look at this. It's all fast. So like, I'll give you an example. You have a child that's four years old and have them watch a really action-oriented, bright colors, lots of music and flashing pictures uh, cartoon 
and then have that same child the next day watch Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. The stimulation will be significantly lower for Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Now, it's still a heightened sense of, uh, of stimulation, but it's not even remotely the same because of the way they filmed it. Mr. Rogers has slow camera movement. He has literal, like, moments of silence that he was always strongly encouraged not to do uh, because it was a program for children, and you can't have that, right? And he had a great respect for the intellect of children. and But at the same time, if a child sat and watched Mr. Rogers for really, really long periods of time, it would still have an impact on them and their mood and uh, and their ability to sleep. If it's like time for a nap or it's just time to rest, it's time to go lay down or whatever, it'll affect that as well. Like blue, there's all sorts of studies about like blue light and what it does to you. It tricks your brain into thinking that you're out in the sun and it messes with your um, it messes with your what's the um, oh and it's not serotonin, it's the other one that the, the uh, it messes with your melatonin at night, like when you're supposed to get like in it. Like at night when you lay down, you want to make sure you're sort of cool. Your body temperature is sort of cool and calm and laying there and like focused breathing. And then your body kind of releases this chemical that like helps you go to sleep, right? This is why some people take it and it, you don't want to take it too much because then your body might make less of it or whatever. And so exposing children to like long periods of that is just not good for them, right? So it's not it's it, it's a combination of things like yes children's programming tends to be just pure refuse and also what the technology does to their eyes and their brains while consuming it. It's even if it's a tame cartoon versus a crazy cartoon, you're not going to see a, uh, a, a a a rampant amount of difference. Horizon Forbidden West has a new trailer. It's called Peggy. Tribes of the Forbidden West. They just released this. Um, a little bit ago. That might actually bring a lot of people in. I don't know. It may not. Um, yeah, <laughs> you're a little too late there, Eugene. Barrier beat you to it. Um, you don't have former devs saying it will change the AAA market for VR if it's just a ride-along. Sure, sure. This experience, he's speaking very specifically. So the guy that used to work for Gorilla, he's like, listen, this is going to change his exact wording let's go to his exact wording here his exact wording was I did not work on it but I promise you this will change what AAA means for VR now he could be saying a number of things there I take it as he's saying this is going to change expectations right this is going to change expectations AAA in VR is going to this is what it's going to mean it's going to mean like Primo, top shelf, very, very well built, beautiful, high, high graphical fidelity experience. I heard uh, VR needs five years to blow up. Five years ago, well, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't know if it's, we would call it blowing up. I would say it's on a very good growth trajectory. Uh, somebody said that somebody left a comment on yesterday's video, and they said that VR needs to have its watershed moment. And then it'll be massively accepted. You know, like, the iPhone is a watershed moment in, in the mobile world. It is, right? The, 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 first, the first iPhone was a watershed moment. It, it, it changed the industry. It was industry disrupting. And VR hasn't really done that, right? It, it hasn't really landed in a way that, like, oh my gosh, everybody, everybody has to have this in the way that... Now mobile phones have been completely um, 
re reshaped from if you go back like pre pre iPhone I because I got to see this happen like in real time because I worked in the in the cell phone uh, industry I was in, I was a sales rep in a store and I saw the three years leading up to the iPhone and I saw the three years after I worked at AT&T for six years and the impact was insane it was immediate. I mean, they're shutting down Blackberries uh, as of like this week or something. Like that's that is one of the results and one of the causes here that like you know, Blackberries just are no longer a thing. Why would you want to use that? Everybody's using these big giant touchscreen uh, phones. By the way, if you're new and enjoying the conversation, make sure and take the poll at the top of the chat. Do you think VR in gaming is just a fad? Uh, most people saying no. It's about a 70-30 split right now. So seven people saying no to every three people saying that no, yes, it is a fad. So there is a percentage of you here that do think this is just a fad. It'll never really catch on. I think there's a lot of reasons to think that VR will struggle. I believe it will struggle. I don't necessarily think it will it will stay subdued or, or out of the market. I think it will become a, a large piece of of the gaming market, but I think it's going to face a significant amount of challenges, and some of these challenges I think are insurmountable, at least now. Unless there's a giant... Again, in 10 years, there could be some crazy giant technological breakthrough where the 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 challenges of the subjective experience of the person can be overcome with technology. Because right now, whatever percentage of people slap that visor on and are like, it makes me motion sick. I don't like the way that it makes me feel. There's a variety of responses, right? I got motion sick. I got dizzy. I didn't like the way that it made me feel. There are people that have said, like, you just did. Fe- you just feel kind of weird afterwards. There's a spectrum there of negative response that currently can't be can't be overcome. It's just up to the person, right? Like. My wife takes Dramamine when she flies, right? There's, there's, no, there's no technological advancement in flight that can change the fact that she gets motion sick on a plane, you know? And, and, and air travel has, has come a long way. It really, really has. I mean, if you, if you look at the industry and the network of flight, I mean, it's insane. You know, one airport shuts down and the globe is affected by that, right? Because so many planes touch that one hub. And... But she still feels it, right? And I, and I don't know. I I have severe doubts that they'll be able to overcome that because it's it's just basic it's just basic brain science. It's it's a it's a it's a visual stimuli that creates a, a, a sense of movement and motion that results in a negative response. And I don't know if you can change that because think about it from think about it from this perspective. VR at its greatest point, at its greatest state, will usher you into a truly immersive experience. And I don't know if we can pretend that like that's not going to result in a lot of negative things for many people that try it. I didn't like the way that it made me feel. I felt queasy afterwards. I felt queasy when I was in there. It's just too much. It's a simulated reality. It's not real. And your brain's going to know that. And your brain's going to feel that motion and that movement. And it could potentially reject it. 
people can't sit backwards on a train without getting nauseous or weird I've never I've never heard of that they can't sit backwards on a train I've never heard of that I've heard of people getting motion sick on trains uh, on planes or even people in the back of a car they got to sit in the front seat or they can't read think about like think about that <clears throat> is there a technological advancement do you think that could help you not feel queasy reading in a car you just can't do it. You're like, I just can't do it. I look down the motion, the sense of the motion of the car, me focusing on the book. I, I get queasy, right? There are people that experience that. I've experienced that before myself. If I'm in the front of the car, no problem. I was in the back of my friend's car. It was a windy road and I was trying to read a book. And boy, it didn't last long. I felt awful. I was like, ugh, I've never had this experience before in my life, right? You're not a, a technological advancement to minimize how my brain and my inner ear and my eyeballs experience motion and movement. I, I, I don't see it. Now, I'm not going to say it's impossible. I'm saying it's going to be pretty improbable that you can come up with a technological advancement. Beyond that, think about it like this. Beyond that, who's going to pay for that? Who's going to pay for the, the, the R&D to, to develop that technology you know what they might say they might be like there's not enough people to feel that way we're not spending the money on that crap you know how long it would take to develop a a, a, a virtual or simulated reality that, that d- portrays the motion in a way to the eye that it doesn't create a sense of dizziness or motion or nausea you know in this percentage of the populace they might be like there's not enough people for us to do that you know how much money we're going to spend trying to do that and then they would just not do it about 75% of adults use some sort of vision correction. 64% use glasses. Unless VR allows people to wear glasses comfortably, it's a fad in my opinion. So Hilly thinks in light of how often people have to wear vision correction, it's going to have a huge barrier there as well. Like, I, I can't wear the thing on my face. The last two days show that VR need to get info into people's heads about the motion sickness they might experience explain to them why it happens and show them teach them how to overcome it because I have overcome it I wanted to throw up but I came back after researching and my brain learned it took 3 to 5 sessions Oculus Meta has comfort uh, settings for every one of their games in the store this helps new people with what to start with I got news to you butters the average consumer ain't gonna do that and they ain't gonna do that if I bought 3D glasses and a 3D television, hooked it up and had a negative experience, I'm not like, let's say I have a negative experience standing in the store, brother, I am not going to go and research like, well, how can I make this a more enjoyable experience? As a consumer, you're going to be like, nah, this isn't for me. Yo, what's good, grift? Uh, what's good, Gritter? Unless you're using reading glasses, you wouldn't need glasses for VR. I suppose that's true because it would be right in front of your face, so I wouldn't need my glasses to see. That's correct. Unless, of course, see, this is where it gets interesting. There were times where I took my glasses off at night and would read in bed, and I could feel like I could feel like my eyes being annoyed about it. They were like they weren't straining, right? But they were annoyed. It was like I'm not wearing my glasses, so. Um, I don't know. I'm curious if that would be an effect as well. Like, taking your glasses off and putting on VR, will that have a negative impact on people who wear a, a certain percentage of prescription? Like, 
could it be that like the higher your prescription maybe that's maybe that's going to lead to a negative experience i'm not saying it would lead to a negative experience i would just be interested to see if that could be another piece of the puzzle of like the subjective the subjective and potential consumer aversion to vr being like i tried it didn't like it i had to take my glasses off it made made me feel kind of funny right my dad's basically blind and he does not have his glasses on so he would not be able to play vr yeah depending on the 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 level of your prescription um i think metaverse will be an ar not necessarily a vr you like an augmented reality right Max says they already fixed the vision part. If you're nearsighted, you don't have the same issues, but they sell lenses for others with sight issues. Just more barriers of entry. Do you see? That's just more barriers of entry. That doesn't mean the product is flawed or not going anywhere. I'm just establishing barriers of entry that pose challenges to the technology, you know, becoming commonplace. As as common as a cell phone, right? As common as a cell phone. I think that's a big, big challenge because you go and grab a phone and it's cool and it's neat and you go to the one that you think is the best. With VR, you're, you're going to put it on your head, face, whatever, and be like, there's a spectrum of experience there. Holy cow, that was that was existential and euphoric or it was okay or it made me feel queasy. Like there's this whole spectrum of subjectivity think about it like this i think this is a good this is a good way to think about it okay and by the way thanks everybody for being here uh this is obviously a little bit different than our normal like deep dives into games and stuff well we got a poll at the top of the chat smash the like button if you haven't hit subscribe yet feel free to do that welcome into the conversation uh we'll look at this horizon forbidden west trailer here in a moment as well they released a new trailer uh tribes of forbidden west and it's two minutes long and it looks like it's just sort of a fly through of the different biomes uh, and the different tribes that will be uh, contained in them. So think about it like this. This is another way to think about the subjectivity of VR, okay? Go to, you know, your 20 gaming friends and ask them if they like playing Dance Dance Revolution. And they might be like, no, it's stupid. Or why do I want to stand and do this and blah, blah, blah. Okay, okay. So not everybody likes that game genre, okay? Well, go ask your friends then, how many of you like to play, you know, Overcooked? You know, it's running around with your friends and you're cooking food. And, you know, there'll be a spectrum of people that say, it seems stupid or I didn't like it or whatever. How many of you like, you know, first-person shooters, third-person shooters? Think about, we've had this conversation recently, right? We've had this conversation recently. There are people that say I really just can't get into a third person shooter or a third person game I think there's a greater number of people that struggle with third person shooters but there's also a slice of those people that just cannot get into a third person game okay that's a thing why why the immersion right they reject the genre based purely on immersion hurdles right it's an immersion hurdle they're like I don't like it I don't like being behind my character. I like to see the gun. This is this is largely related to, you know, the dawn and the popularity of first-person shooters who create an entire generation of gamers, and that's sort of your base-level expectation when you play a game, is that you're going to be in a first-person perspective and everything's kind of in front of you. And when you play a third-person game, it feels slightly, you know, out of the norm or less immersive or whatever, okay? So, if, it's, if within gaming, 
you can sort of see and readily accept that even though third-person games have become spectacularly amazing and they're phenomenal, okay, in the realm of the gamers and the opinions on it, there are many people who will just never touch a third-person shooter. They'll just never do it. They're like, I don't like it. I don't like the immersion. Now, consider with me, VR is like an a priori genre before the genre. Do you see? VR is a genre. It's like the it's like the main genre and then there's subgenres beneath it. Oh, what are you playing? Oh, it's a fighting game. Oh, okay. Oh, what are you playing? It's a VR fighting game. It's a main genre before you even get to the genre of the game. It's like, well, what what type of games do you like playing? Oh, I like playing RPGs and I like playing dungeon crawlers. Okay, cool. Right? Okay, cool. And then, well, oh, I like playing VR RPGs and VR dungeon crawlers. So it's like this prior genre before you get to the genre. And what do we know about genres? If it affects the immersion, it comes down to pure subjectivity. People saying, like, I I just can't get into third-person shooters. This will be a persistent thing. I don't care how good the VR gets. I don't care how advanced the technology gets. Third-person shooters and third-person games have gotten significantly better and more beautiful and impressive over the course of the years, and you're not going to convince somebody who's just like, I just don't like those types of games. There are people that don't like isometric games. Why? I just can't get into it. Like my, My player feels far away. It's like on the ground, you know? This is another element of the subjectivity factor that, like, And I'm not discounting VR when I'm saying this. What I'm saying is, this is another barrier. This is another barrier of entry. It's another thing that's going to keep people away, potentially. Risking repeating stuff. They're on VR too now, and it's not. And if not for the sicky, VR arcades were doing well. Oculus does and did okay. Google Google goggles is neat. Uh, Soon, I'd say. So I'd say it's niche. Uh, but not a passing fad. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right now, it is It is very much in its own little niche. Everybody's like, it's niche. Plenty of people say niche, by the way. I'm going back to saying niche. I realize like there's multiple uh, pronunciations of that word. So, frick you. And get out of my comments about it. <laughs> it's pronounced deity. Plenty of people say deity, and nobody, nobody gets confused. It's pronounced deity and niche. Okay. Your argument is like saying people are going to prefer VHS over Blu-ray. That is a, an, an awful, an awful representation of my argument. No, no. You're talking about a technological advancement that made the that made everything prettier. I'm, that's not what VR is. VR is an experientially altering like piece of technology. Real VR super freaked me out and I screamed like a child. It was super embarrassing. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, the difference between VHS and Blu-ray made everything bigger and prettier, right? More, more, more vibrant in its colors. The difference between sitting on my couch with a controller and putting VR on my face—that's not what we're talking about. No, that 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 is a false equivalency. Going from VHS to DVD or from VHS to Blu-ray. Has, is, has literally no parallels to this, like, at all. It's it's not even remotely the same. The, the, like, 
Look at 3D televisions as an example. 3D televisions didn't go anywhere. Why? Because it was too subjective, people didn't like wearing the glasses, and the result wasn't good enough. It was like, well, it looks okay. I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not mind-blowing. 3D televisions were apparently supposed to be this next wave of TV experiences, and 3D televisions went freaking nowhere why it requires you to wear something some people don't like the way that it feels some people have to wear glasses already some people don't think it looks that good vr is not going to be any different now vr offers an experience that we would probably argue is objectively higher in potential than 3d televisions were there's far more potential for the experience of vr to be you know mind-blowingly cool instead of being like Oh, the, you know, the, the plants are popping off the TV a little bit more. Like, that's not even... that, that The possibility with 3D televisions, I don't think has been fully realized. You could start to create televisions that create a projection in front of the TV on a flat surface for more augmented reality 3D experiences so you don't have to wear anything on your face. So projected augmented reality combined with a hybrid of a traditional video could be another avenue for 3D television experiences that would create this really lifelike experience like all the foliage is all of a sudden like in front of the tv projected like on this flat surface in front of your television well that could be pretty dadgum cool i don't know if people would be willing to pay for it unless it really looked genuine and real and the definition of the projection would have to match the definition of the actual footage and that the technology advancements of how great televisions work has probably far surpassed what they can presently do with like a three-dimensional projection but you know who knows felt like a good argument yeah no sorry i i I appreciate your effort omen but i don't think that's a fair comparison at all to go vh blu-ray vhs blu-ray is is no different than than vr Uh, no it's very very different eugene says i'm seeing an emerging tech where the early adopters are flocking to it the attach rates are high and now we have potential advancement in the tech on the horizon sure yeah yeah i think vr has a promising future I think VR is facing a litany of challenges, right? Think of it this way. You could watch a highlight reel and the career of an up-and-coming football star in high school, right? And you could say, whoa, this guy, this guy's going places. Holy moly, right? Anybody with a brain would know that guy going from being an all-star standout player in high school to the NFL... It's just, there's a thousand challenges between point A and point B. Potential's there. Up and coming. He's an all-star. Big, big things, right? And there's like a hundred challenges between point A uh, and point B. So, VR, up and coming, shows promise, shows potential, right? Getting from point A to point B, there are lots of challenges facing them pun was completely incidental <laughs> sorry I'm late Kana is kicking my butt parrying oh yeah parrying windows in that game are funky funky um, now here Barrier is showing that uh, only 28% of VR set owners use the devices daily 39% say they do it once a week 19% once a month and 8 every 6 months to about once a year uh, VR sets are traditionally been complicated with multiple wires and controllers or time consuming to set up 
Simpler devices like the Oculus Go are likely to solve some of these issues. So currently, your adoption rate of VR is good, but 28% are using them daily. I mean, I think it's pretty significant that... So if you say... Well, if you combine the 28 and the 39, just round that up to 30 and 40, that's 70% either touch the thing daily or weekly. That's actually pretty good. I would say barrier. I would say if you take those and combine them and round it up by two percentage points or three percentage points and say 70, about 70% of people who own VR, they either play it week, they pick it up and use it weekly, weekly or daily. That's not actually that bad at all, right? I, w- I would say that's actually that's actually stronger than I would have guessed because there's not a huge library of stuff yet right there's not a huge library so that's actually an impressive number that 70% you know that 70 is a very very good majority like 55 60% you'd be like eh half the audience is using it once a week or once a day half's not 70 mm, that's pretty good that shows promise, right? Hilly posted an article with a bunch of interesting stats up above. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I, I don't have time. I'm the, I guess I could look at it later. You're pulling out, um, right here, right here. User experience is one of the greatest obstacles to VR adoption. VR adoption stats for 2021 show that 27% of the VR industry experts claim that user experience is an obstacle to the mass adoption of VR. That's interesting. VR industry experts are saying the same thing that Lono's been saying all morning. <laughs> Where do I get my VR industry expert badge? Uh, anyway, not to be egotistical, but I've been saying this all morning. Reports go further to reveal that 20% cite customer and business hesitation as an obstacle to embracing VR. Also, a poor content offering by the VR industry was cited as an obstacle by 19% of the respondents. So, these are all that's literally everything I've said that's like a great little nugget of research to back everything I've been saying subjective experience right businesses are hesitant to get behind it publishers are hesitant to back it and there's not a very great library of games right now right there just isn't 100 million on a VR game is impressive Beat Saber passes 100 million in revenue that's pretty good comparatively though what does uh what a little indie... T- I wonder what, like, a real successful indie title makes. Content's changing. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely, Eugene. This is what's going to be interesting to me. This is what's going to be interesting to me, Eugene. Because you know what Sony's doing. All right? This is, this, is, this is getting good. This is getting good to think through. If you guys are enjoying the conversation, hit subscribe, hit the bell button, hit the like button. We're getting closer and closer to 10,000 subs. How are we faring today with new folks on this subject? How are we faring? Let's check here. Not bad. Not bad. Four, four new folks. Make sure and hit subscribe if you're enjoying the talk show. I'm a safer work broadcaster. You can subscribe in confidence. I'll be in your sub feed all week with variety gaming topics. People treat me like video game radio. They throw me on in the background because, again, I'm safe for work. Okay. Now, what Sony is doing... Oh, this is so good. Sony is going to apply Sony's business model. And what is Sony's business model? Make the tech and the games look amazing. And you can only play them on our 
platform. Now we know that they're looking at the potential and the power of the PC marketplace. Just next week, we're going to check it out. God of War comes to PC. This is after Days Gone and Horizon Zero Dawn. These are significant titles to leave the PlayStation ecosystem and land on PC. This is significant, okay? So, that happening, the question would be, will the PSVR 2 be compatible with these games if they ever bring them over to PC because it's such a significantly larger marketplace? Or is Sony going to do what they do best, which is push their hardware? Yep, you got to have our stuff. Yep. You got you got to have our stuff, right? You got to have our PSVR 2. You got to have this. And what does that do to the marketplace? Okay. This can cause two things. It can cause consumer confusion because they'll be like, I don't understand. I bought this standalone VR unit. Why can I not play this VR game? Somebody made an analogy earlier to VHS and Blu-ray. Imagine buying a Blu-ray player that can only play, you know, half of the Blu-ray games, uh, movies that are out there. Well, you'd be a little irritated, wouldn't you? So consumer confusion will no doubt result with Sony doing what Sony does best, which is <laughs> if, if you if you want to play the greatest, newest, greatest, awesome, cool-looking games, you got to buy our system. Now, again, that's changing with PC, so they may decide to make the PSVR 2 compatible with their games via a PC. We don't know yet. We don't know if they've said that. The second thing that will result from this is a a fragmented library of games that if you want to play them all, (laughs) you have to have multiple VR devices. Do you see? This is another barrier and challenge for the technology's mass adaptation. Why? Why? Well, because it's a new... It's a new genre of game that if you think is dope, you're going to need to have like multiple VR devices in your house to play them all, which there are plenty of gamers that do that. I have a Nintendo Switch, a PlayStation 5, an Xbox Series X, and a couple of gaming rigs, right? I got it all. I got it all, except for like, I don't have any handhelds. I don't have like a, a Game Boy or anything. So that's another challenge is... The companies themselves that try to insert themselves into this industry are going to cause a fragmentation effect of like, well, I like VR, but I can't even, there's, maybe there's a hundred great VR games available, and then, well, there's 20 over here, and there's 18 here, and there's 33 over there, and first I took my legs off and threw them over there. Like, they're gonna, it's gonna be all over the place. That's gonna be another challenge. It's not gonna be, it's not gonna be bad or wrong. This is what businesses do. That's another challenge. It's also a tech where the platforms are vastly different. Yeah. They're investing in the tech advances for the average user. Of course, they're going to seek to recoup that. Oh, you better believe it. Here's a really big issue too, says Mac. The original Oculus supports more games than the Quest 2, and it doesn't use the same marketplace. Only some games you have purchased transfer over. You see? Like, this is going to be the challenge, okay? So, look at what happened with gaming consoles. The, the the idea that you could create a box that plugs into your TV and lets you play video games in your home. So you got the you got the Coleco and the Atari, uh, you know Commodore and all of those Pong. The dawn of gaming in the home. It, it lands and it and it. I think probably the turning point, the the watershed moment would be the Nintendo Entertainment System. I could be wrong historically if there's a documentary on this, but I would I would imagine most people would point to 
The watershed moment for home gaming was the Nintendo Entertainment System. The ground and the seedbed was laid with the Atari and the Coleco and the Commodore, but the Nintendo ushered in an entirely new era of gaming that we are still living in to a certain degree, okay? Then you see over the course of that growth is it's Nintendo, Nintendo, Nintendo with you got the Sega Genesis, but it's largely Nintendo, 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 Nintendo. Then Nintendo kind of jacks up their relationship with Sony and then the, the Sony PlayStation launches. The original Sony PlayStation was actually supposed to be a Nintendo console, but that bridge got burned to the ground, which it's kind of funny history, but it would have been called the Nintendo whatever they were planning. So once the PlayStation and the Xbox show up on the scene, now you have a fragmented market because now you have oh I love playing video games in the home I want to play that new game oh you have to buy that system oh and that creates brand loyalty which that's good for brands right Halo is one of the single most powerful reasons that Xbox got to where it got it was it was a pioneer ambitious game it was doing something that had been going on on PCs for a very long time with arena shooters like Unreal Tournament but it brought it in a more palatable way that you could play on your TV with your controller and, and, and made it and made it uh, accessible right and so that everybody you know goes there and then all of a sudden the Xbox One comes out it's marketing's terrible and Sony blasts past them with the PS4 and now we're living in the era where you've got the PS5 you've got the Nintendo Switch you've got the Xbox you've got PC Okay, it's fragmented. And you would consider all of these consoles to be mainstream. Okay. So that reality exists for VR as it grows in addition to everything we've already talked about. Do you see? So it's like the 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 barriers of entry with it being subjective the the fact that people are going to look at the market and be like i'm not going to publish a game for vr it's it's number one the, the the market's too fragmented we would be selling to a slice of a slice of a slice of a slice like vr as a gaming you know portion is a slice of gaming which is small comparatively to the rest of gaming then if you're if you're only gonna be able to work on this device it's a slice it's a slice of gaming that is a slice of that slice like well we can only sell to these people here that's gonna be really really difficult to recoup cost because you have a fragmented market already and Sony's coming in and saying we're gonna have one of the first notable AAA gaming experiences and guess what you're going to need their hardware to play it so your great VR adoption rate of all these other VR devices well all that's well and good but if those people have developed a taste for VR oh boy they're going to want to come buy this thing and then that creates the brand loyalty effect where a game that converts them to a VR fan like maybe this Horizon experience does now they're a fan of Sony VR And so then what will happen is these other VR devices will have to increase their power, and that's challenging, right? you got to increase the power of the VR unit as a standalone unit unless it plugs into a PC, right? And then... And and then you've got to make games. you got to make it affordable. 100% fine. If I go buy a PlayStation to play a PlayStation game, that's fine by me. Yeah, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this. I'm simply saying... I'm simply saying that they're going they're going to d- d- create that fragmentation effect of 
well, if I if I want to play that game, I have to go buy the PSVR. That's every industry in the world, the car industry, multiple cars, fast food, there's multiple fast food businesses. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and let me let me take your example, Jay Wright. Let me take your example. Car industry, incredibly hard industry to get into. A lot of car businesses, a lot of car, a lot of car lots, a lot of, a lot of these things fail. Look at the look at the food industry. Oh my gosh. The most volatile, the single riskiest business venture is to start a restaurant. I think it's the war I think it is the most riskiest. Like if you talk to any like business analysts about what's the riskiest business to try to start, it's a, it's a it's a food business. Now, take that and think of everything we've ever talked about on this show with respect to scope and cost of video games, how they have mushroomed to a significant degree, the margins of profit that they make, the cost of games not going up for like, I don't know, 25 years, and even though like movies are now three times the cost of what they used to be, so video game companies have had to invent other other revenue uh, and, and subsidization options. I'm like, well, you can't really afford these budgets. Our, our staff's twice the size. The tech's really expensive. We gotta do mocap. We gotta hire celebrities. We got writers. We gotta build worlds. The game's gotta be long-term and ongoing. We gotta buy servers. Goodness gracious, Final Fantasy XIV can't even get servers. They had to stop selling their DLC. You look at all that reality in the gaming market and you're like, well, VR will be fine. I, I think VR is is right now is very, very like, it's right at the cusp and it's got all these challenges it has to like glide through. It's going to make it really, really hard. Think of it from another perspective. What if a handful of these early adopters or a handful of these VR standalone units, they just stop supporting them? They're like, we didn't make enough money. Nobody made enough games. Boom. Down it goes. Well, that damages consumer confidence. Investors are going to look at that and say, I don't know. We want to go this. I don't know. We want to make these VR games. It's got a ways to go. That's why I said yesterday, it's 10 years. I guarantee you at, at this point, not guarantee. My prediction is it's 10 years before VR is at a position where you can confidently buy it and have a great library of very, very well-built games. And there's a regular delivery of like big AAA VR titles, like the budgets and the profits are more aligned because saturation's better. It's, it's easily 10 years away. It's, it's just, it's so, so shaky right now. The potential is massive. The challenges are, are, there's a litany of challenges for it to do well in the market. Uh, so who has the best profile pick in the entire chat? Voluge Wolf? Where are they? I'm scrolling and looking. I don't see them. Oh, I see. Oh, Majora's Mask. Yeah, my brother's a huge fan of Majora's Mask. That's that's his favorite. That would be his favorite Zelda. We need 15 more subs to hit 10k. Would you compare uh, VR to the Dreamcast? No, I wouldn't. The, the, the Dreamcast was killed by piracy. The Dreamcast wasn't killed by, by like, lack of... Um, Adoption. It wasn't killed by lack of technical prowess. It wasn't killed by lack of of uh, of great games. The Dreamcast is the greatest console to ever be killed by the users. <laughs> it is. The Dreamcast is historically one of the greatest consoles ever made, and it was murdered by the user base. Just murdered it. 
very very unfortunate the controllers the controllers were well built and they felt great they were advanced little screens and stuff that they, they, they were they were doing things other systems weren't doing like it was amazing it had the worst controller ever it had a great controller what do you mean the Dreamcast controller was innovative, it was fresh, it was new, it was very comfortable. I thought the Dreamcast... What do you think? Alright, chat. Dreamcast controller. Was it good or was it bad? I, my memory of it was that it was great. It was. It had a whole new concept of like the little screen, you could put the little things in it. And I, found, I thought it was very comfortable. Ryan Hayer with five months of membership at Gaming Tier 2. Welcome back pretty sure the other reason why it was killed is because at the time the PlayStation 2 was the cheapest DVD player mm, I don't know about that I'd have to see evidence of that eternal I've never heard that before the Dreamcast uh, don't discount how the, badly the Dreamcast suffered at the hands of dishonest PlayStation 2 marketing well my, my, my brother seems to be agreeing with you that the PlayStation 2 was a factor If you're new and you're just tuning in, we are discussing the newly announced Horizon VR experience. We can watch the trailer. Uh, There's a new trailer for Horizon Forbidden West called Tribes, Tribes of uh, Tribes of Forbidden West. Let's see if we're are we getting are we getting sound here? I think we are. Yes, we are. Um, Let me get this set up for you guys. We are asking the question in the chat uh, poll at the top. Do you think VR is just a passing fad? do you think it's just a passing fad? Okay, here. Let me shut the music off for just a second. And let's uh let's 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 check out this trailer. Can I get the controls to go away? Thank you. Let's let's check this out. Let's check this out. Let me get out of your way here. the eastern edge of the Sundom. The Oseram stake their claims on the frontier. Tinkers. Builders. Revelers. Meanwhile, the Karja guard their border, afraid of what lies beyond. In the Forbidden West, In plain song, a red blight consumes the fields, threatening to destroy the cycle of life and rebirth. The Utaru sing to heal the land, but no hymn will save them. And further west, the Tanakhth. Three clans. Each as different as the lands they dominate. After generations of bloodshed, they now cling to a fragile peace, faced with a new enemy. Regala and her rebels. Yet as deadly as they are, there are rumors of an even stronger tribe. Strangers pass the shore, searching for secrets on the very edge of the West. Okay, well... 
Uh, that looks incredible. <laughs> that looks absolutely incredible. Um, look at what it did right after, too. It's like, hey, do you want to go watch this guy? <laughs> it dumped me right in my own stream. Um, <laughs> dumped me right in my own stream. That's crazy. I wonder if people are actually watching that and ending up in this stream. Um, that would be so funny if we get like a recommend off that. I don't. I, I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it. I'm gonna go incognito and look at it and just see. Me? Um, I'm just gonna see. No, we're not. We're not. Well, we are. We are kind of down next to the comments incognito. Okay. All right. Well, we might. We might get a good. Uh, we might get a good click through rate because of that trailer. If you're coming over. From the Horizon Forbidden West new gameplay trailer, we're talking Horizon VR, the PSVR 2 announcements, and uh, we're asking the question in chat, is VR in gaming just a fad? Um, I I don't think it is, but I want to hear from you guys. I gotta tell you, um, totally held back, by the way, right, Eugene? The the, The thing that interests me the most in that trailer is them setting themselves up for a third game because she's talking about how there's rumors of like another tribe out on the outskirts of the west and like well okay who are those people like is that your third game you know is that um is that the is that the finality of this game like i don't know that could be like a mysterious sort of we've saved the forbidden west but there's something out out there there's unknown yeah it could be dlc yeah yeah nice nice guess reckless could be dlc the unknown tribe you know they could call it something like that um yeah this game this game's looking very promising i gotta tell you i gotta tell you we're gonna have to figure out how i how i can play that game at length let's get we, we, we got to figure this out so if you're new or you've been here for a while We do a talk show like this Monday through Friday, and we've been doing two talk shows a day because gameplay tends to not uh, endure. Unless, of course, it's like an MMO or something. We've we've done a lot of diving into New World. A lot of our gameplay of the Lost Ark beta did very well. We've covered Ashes of Creation. Uh, from Fridays, every Friday we cover from software games, so we talk about Elden Ring in the morning, and then in the afternoon we play through Sekiro. Those Sekiro playthroughs have been doing very well, so we, you'll probably see a rise in gameplay on this channel uh, in the coming months, especially once we get into February, um, just because uh, I'm, I'm still a gamer, you know, I'm still a gamer at heart, and I want to I make sure we're showing off gameplay, and even trying to get complete gameplay uh, playthroughs of games. Uh, could be really, really enjoyable. Uh, even if just once a week we like slowly work through something like Horizon Forbidden West as we once a week work through Sekiro, could be a lot of room for that. Um, but then that tends to stretch the game a little bit too far when it's new. But it's been doing very well for us with um, with uh, Sekiro, and it did well with Dark Souls 3. little unique there from software fans are kind of loyal to uh, to that kind of a thing. So... Which game are we talking about now? Well, the, the 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 springboard of today's topic was the Horizon VR announcement, right? They they did this at the CES 2020, uh, and they showed this trailer. It's it's going to be coming alongside of the PS VR 2, and then there was a brand new trailer for Horizon Forbidden West uh, that we just took a look at. So we're getting a really really good suggest rate today. Uh, YouTube search is 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 okay, but we're getting a very strong suggest rate. So we appreciate everybody who has been clicking on this. Oh, we are getting clicks off of that trailer, uh, Tribes of the Forbidden West. 
we're getting we're getting a good good chunk of clicks from that so if you're coming over from that trailer uh, thank you so much for being here uh, we cover all sorts of different games we recently did a Horizon Forbidden West gameplay breakdown we looked at the Slither Fang and the combat and I basically argued in in that in that episode on this on this channel that the the old old, old gens holding the game back argument. Uh, I think I did my best to eviscerate that argument. I, I don't know how effectively people think that I did, but you know, if you want to go back and watch that, the Horizon Forbidden West Slitherfang gameplay breakdown. That's the name of that uh, stream. We've been talking about the Horizon VR announcement uh, with the Horizon VR trailer and talking about is VR just a fad? We've been talking about um, I have been outlining all of the challenges that I think VR will be facing with respect to market saturation. And if market saturation struggles for a long time, then you will struggle with games being built because publishers are going to look at that and say, do we want to build a bunch of VR games you know, and sell to such a small portion of the market? Especially if cost of developing VR games doesn't get... Uh, doesn't get cheaper or not even cheaper it's just building big games is expensive even if they're not VR like you, you have to wonder how many adept VR engineers are there out there right how many people right now can can build a team of of, uh, of people uh, and developers that can just yeah we can build a great VR game it, it's it's new it's new technology and so you think about consumer adoption rates, you have to think about developer adoption rates of learning the technology um, and, and and becoming good at it and effective. Like, you gotta think how ineffective people might be when they first step into uh, this realm uh, of, of developing VR, VR games. So... How successful was Skyrim VR considered? I'm curious if Bethesda or other RPG developers might head down that road. We're going to be talking about Nightingale this afternoon. Uh, that's our second show. They had a very, very big update that they did with Games Radar, and I'm going to try and give you a breakdown. And that's that's like a uh, a world, an open world survival kind of RPG like game, and it's first person. I always wonder how how you take an experience like Skyrim and a lot of people chime in in chat I'm actually curious how many of you played Skyrim first person right and how many played third person because to switch to first person I think is pretty significant uh, in a game like that and to then not just play you know third person but I'm sorry, first person but to go from first person to VR is, is very uh, very very different considering just the way that you experience the combat, the way you move through the world, uh, the, the dungeons, the open world, uh, the harder, more challenging combat aspects of it. So, uh, both ways, a couple people saying, four people saying first person, six people saying first person, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. What? What are you, you guys are all crazy. The majority of the people responding played Skyrim first person. Why would you do that? <laughs> I'm showing my bias here. Um, it's not hard to guess my answer. I I played third person. It, it was, you know, 
open world and, and getting in dungeons and stuff, I am absolutely shocked at the answers. I really, really am. I would have thought more people would click uh, third. Yeah, I'm the crazy one. I'm the crazy one. I would have guessed if this was, if this was like a quiz show and they said, how, how, how what percentage of people do you think played first person versus third person in Skyrim? I'd be like, oh, I think a majority probably played third person and I would, I would be significantly wrong. Um, first person always third is for kids aiming and action seemed easier in first yeah I didn't play with the ranged attacks in that game I could definitely see that if you gravitated towards the ranged attacks like a mage or a bow you would definitely want to be in first person I was always sword and board I, I, I always liked having either two swords in my hand or sword and shield which I think just looks and feels better in third person maybe that's why I don't know maybe, maybe a lot of the people here felt like the, the range attacks and the magic were well worth investing in and that was just significantly easier in first person I found the the sword and board sword and shield combat or double sword felt significantly better in, in third person which is just so interesting because I cut my teeth on first person shooters as a gamer like once I wasn't playing on consoles and I was on PC it was Quake 2, Quake 3, Call of Duty Unreal Tournament and so but when I played that game, I was like, I want to see my character. I want to see what in the world's going on. And I, I, I gravitated to third person. Third was good for looking at your armor, but attacking needed first. Man, that is just so interesting to, to how wrong I was about that. Sorry, Lono, I played Skyrim first person. You don't have to apologize. It's a preferential thing, and I was wrong in my prediction. See, I can be wrong. I would have predicted it in the other direction. I would have predicted like a 60-40-70-30 split. I'd have been like, yeah, I would say the majority of people played third person. And I would have been tragically wrong. Third person does not feel good in Skyrim. Huh. I like how you can switch between the two, says Gritter. Lono, I wonder what you think of Skyrim third person combat now that you have played Dark Souls 3. Oh gosh, I'd probably go back and hate it. I love the combat in Sekiro and Dark Souls. Apparently, uh, according to Eugene, I'm going to like Demon Souls better than Dark Souls. He felt like the combat was... Did, I don't want to misquote you here, Eugene. I'm fairly certain he felt like the combat was tighter and more responsive in Demon Souls. He says it feels... I believe he says it feels clunky in Dark Souls 3. Um, and Sekiro is... Uh, Sekiro's been very enjoyable until you got to fight some woman with a bucket on her head. Um, light her on fire. Uh, in any case, uh, it's not it's not as janky. There you go. Did you play Red Dead Redemption 2 in first or third person? Third person. Yeah, I played Red Dead Redemption 2 in third person. I wanted to see my cowboy. I want to see him on the horse. I you know, um, I love Demon Souls compared to Dark Souls 3. The remake feels solid. Oh, you got used to Dark Souls 3, but the remake feels solid. Got it. Basket. Basket, bucket, busket. Who cares, Ashen? She's dead. And that's all that matters. Stomped on her stupid head after I stubbornly ignored chat. That's the way. That's the way of the road right there. <laughs> that's the way of the FromSoft road. Let's check these poll results here. If you haven't voted in our chat poll, uh, that's good poll results. We usually have about 500 votes for an hour. So when I see 417 votes for an hour, that's encouraging. This is a little bit of an offshoot topic for us, but the turnout's been great today. Lots of new subs, um, new members and everything else. 
and uh, asking the question, is VR in gaming just a fad? And 65% saying no, 35% saying yes. Would love to hear from the people that think it's a fad. We've heard from the people that don't think it's a fad. I want to hear from the people that do think it's a fad. Uh, while they're typing up their responses, there's a variety of ways to support the stream directly. I'm always wearing a shirt from 80s Tees. I got on Skeletor today. It's a nice, it's a nice, awesome, large print shirt. Uh, our coffee is probably our most prominent and best way to support directly, especially those of you that buy it very regularly. This is basically a family-owned business. You're not buying this from someone else where I get a kickback. My wife and kiddos pack it up for you. Chat can answer questions about the three flavors if you'd like to hear about the light roast, the dark roast, or our seasonal holiday roast. Uh, and then so you can use the shirt command and then those are displates. We are partnered with displate and uh, we are working on a glasses sponsor. So hopefully we can get that ironed out and get everything and get a, get a pair of frames and all of that. Hopefully we can iron that out soon. It's uh, it's always a slow process with these companies. Like they want you to go create an account somewhere and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And now I'm waiting to hear back about, um, uh, about the glasses. So, uh, Skeletor's got abs of steel. He really does. He really does. That's not me. That's not my body. I, I know you might think you might think that. You know. <laughs> uh, although I mean, although based on body type, I will say based on all the the, the current drama on Twitter, I, I think I'm more fit than than Joe Rogan. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. Although that would make for a great show. You know, I could go on Joe Rogan's podcast and then and then we could fight afterwards, and and I would die but it would be a great way to go out. Uh, the boss fights aren't nearly as difficult in Demon Souls, but the gameplay feels better. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm anxious to go back and whoop on the, the Tower Knight because that was like my first... That was my first delve into a Souls game. I had played Sekiro like a year or two before and I and I tapped out at Madam Butterfly and uh, and yeah, I want to go back and get my revenge on the, the Tower Knight. If you're just tuning in, maybe you checked out the brand new Horizon Forbidden West tribes of the forbidden west brand new trailer today we watched it it's super super cool make sure you check that out you may have clicked on this video coming over from that trailer we discuss games all throughout the week if you're enjoying the talk show do me a favor hit subscribe we are very close to 10,000 subscribers on this channel and uh excited to hit that milestone and get features unlocked and very excited about live streaming future on YouTube. So if you enjoy uh, talk shows and and podcast radio show style stuff, make sure and subscribe. I'll be in your sub feed all week. I am safe for work. uh, So you can throw me on in the background and not worry about me, you know, cursing and swearing on the stream. Um, I don't see life flow says this here. I don't see VR surpassing regular gaming anytime soon, but I don't see it going away, seeing that people who like it seem to really like it. Uh, like a love it or hate it kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, th- th- so the way I phrased it yesterday got everybody riled up. And, and Robert said something this morning about like he took more issue with my premise than my argumentation. My premise being that it won't be mainstream. Now, I said mainstream and I meant something that many people don't mean when they say mainstream. What I meant when I said mainstream is it won't get to the level of console saturation or PC saturation because in my mind, that's like the mainstream or the main funnels of gaming engagement. So mainstream is not a good word to use because it has a range of meaning and other people hear me say mainstream and they think I mean something else. Once I qualified what I meant... I don't think people necessarily disagreed with me. I don't. But 
using that word was confusing i think it was a lack of clarity it was like what do you mean it's not mainstream it's it's doing well it's you know sony's got one coming and this and that's got one coming and people are investing in it it's going to be pretty mainstream people are going to be talking about it it'll be well known and blah 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 i was thinking in the realm of market saturation will never rival the saturation of consoles and uh consoles and pcs that's that's generally what I think. Reckless Gambit with three months. VR is not a fad. Insofar as that there, uh, it's here to stay in some form of another enjoyable discussion. Thank you. I feel like it's going to get to that level of saturation based on current hardware sales. I think it's different in this realm, Eugene. Those saturation rates show promise. However, I think all of the challenges it's facing could undercut that saturation. Does that make sense? It's going to undercut it. We talked about this in multiple layers. At one layer, a lack of game libraries. At another layer, they're going to fragment the market. They're already fragmenting the market. So if you're like, oh, I want to play VR games, that library is already going to be fragmented with the dawn of the PSVR 2. So you're going to have uh, lack of games, and then once games start coming out, the libraries will be fragmented, and then lack of publisher desire, lack of budget, uh, lack of reach. Once the market's fragmented with respect to the hardware, games that are made for it are going to sell to a slice of a slice of a slice. All of those, All of those challenges... I think will undercut the saturation. It'll be great if you can get that many people to buy them, but is it going to matter if there's so few games? Is it going to matter if the really good games are spread across multiple units? Well, there's a really couple good games over here on the PSVR PSVR 2. There's really good games over here on the Oculus 6. There, I'm just making that up. There's really good games over here on the, you know, on the on the Penguin 7. Like I don't even that's not a one. I'm just making these up. Do you see what I mean? Like, the fragmentation is going to undercut the saturation. Am I, is that point clear? That like, yeah, great, tons of saturation. If you take the PSVR 2 and the Oculus and this, 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 and this, and over the course of the next 10 years, look how saturated they are in the market. Yeah, and you can't play every game on all of them, which means if you make a game, it will be for a slice of of that market and therefore it undercuts your bragging about the saturation like if you brag about the saturation of the playstation 4 that's power why you launch a game it can get be played on all those playstations you start bragging about vr saturation and it's fragmented it'd be like bragging about like well look how many nintendo switches and playstations there are in circulation how many games can i play on both systems a select amount, right? And then you have varying degrees of power. Playing a game on a PlayStation 5 is vastly different than playing a game on my Nintendo Switch. So, adding the Nintendo Switch and PlayStation saturation numbers together, it would be incredibly misleading to make some point. So, VR will be fragmented. The Polar Bear 120 is the next big VR system. <laughs> But won't the fragmentation also push the industry forward? It'll push companies to make better VR products for cheaper, akin to the console wars. Maybe. What system will I be buying Elden Ring on? I haven't decided yet. I'm thinking about the PlayStation, because I'm really liking the controller for Sekiro. Sega promises to avoid NFTs if gamers think it's just a money-making scheme. And what's this settlement? 
What's the settlement link? Is it two different stories? Are they just saying that, like, we're not going to do it if gamers don't like it? Competition is king in a free market? Sure, but it'll affect how many games are made. Listen to the point that I'm making. Let me make my point better. Let me make my point more clear. If you add up the PSVR 2's saturation, and let's say there's like an Oculus 4 and and the Penguin 7, and these are like your three leaders of VR in the industry, and when you add all three up, the, the saturation like rivals the saturation of the Xbox. And you're like, look, it's, it's at the level of a successful console. Look how many people have VR. And that's misleading, isn't it? What's the saturation of the PSVR 2? What's the saturation of the Oculus 4? What's the saturation of the 7? Okay? Because then you'd have to have companies making their case to those individual hardware pieces. We need our game to launch multi-platform. And you would hope that there'd be commonality and power between the PSVR 2, the Oculus 4, and the Penguin 7. If they are equal in power, maybe that's a slightly easier case to make. You see? That's the challenge, because they're going to fragment the market, so saturation is only as good as unification. Because if not, publishers are going to look at that and be like, that's a, that's a pretty small slice of the VR world, and the PSVR 2 is doing great, but my gosh, like... <laughs> It's a percentage of the over of the over the uh, the overarching. The commonality will come. That'll be the question I have, Eugene. Do the hardware makers are they are they invested in are they invested in the commonality and cross platform launches? Or they've invested in their own vertical. Like, well, we know we want the PSVR 2 to have its own games and its own stuff. And then that 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 silos them off. And then that limits their reach. Because it's like, well, if the PSVR 2 it you know sells how many how many PlayStation 5s are in circulation right now? What do we think? Somewhere between 10 and 15 million, okay? And if we imagine the PSVR 2. Is not, it's not going to get to that level, not not for a long time. So let's just be generous and say the PSVR 2 lands between 3 and 5 million units sold. That's not bad, okay? But when you're making a game for it, that is a really, really small market when you compare it to like 120 million PlayStation 4s. And you got 3 million PSVR 2s in circulation, right? So, as I said yesterday, the budget for any game made there will be automatically and intrinsically hamstrung by the market reach. Well, even our most favorable projections of sales lands in a 1.2 million, you know, half of the PSVR 2 users are going to buy this game, 1.2 million in sales. Well, okay, that will determine the budget and the budget determines the scope and the scope determines the quality and the substance. It's all interrelated. Omen with a brand new membership. Enjoy the dope badge and emotes. You are dope and deserve dope stuff. We really appreciate everybody pushing that membership button, pushing us closer to 500 members. Appreciate seeing the viewership going up. If you're coming in from the Horizon Forbidden West 
Tribes of the Forbidden West trailer. Uh, we welcome you in. We're talking Horizon VR. I want to hear from you. Do you think VR and gaming is just a fad? I don't think it's a fad, but I think it's going to face significant challenges in the market, and we're talking about that right now. <clears throat> Would you like the version of Lono Bald I made in Demon Souls a little while back for you to possibly play through? No, that's okay. I don't. I don't need that. I'm here and ready to argue. Yeah, if you're new and you've never been here before, we have disagreements all of the time, but we keep it civil and we keep it lively. I get passionate, I can get pretty fired up, but we keep it respectful, I keep it safe for work. So remember, if you have not done so yet, hit subscribe and the bell button. It is free to subscribe, by the way, um, and would love to see that number. We're getting real close to that big milestone number, man. It's really, really encouraging to see. And, uh... No, that one didn't... Our little updates, man. Our little updates channels is is really humming. If if you guys aren't subscribed to our little updates channel, uh, be sure to do that. Be sure to give that channel a little bit of love. Give it a little bit of love. It gets little four and sometimes slightly longer updates here and there. And uh, we are really appreciative of you guys supporting our whole host of channels. We have another channel close to 50,000 subs, 47,000 subs on SNTR Presents. And we have a video today about Gordon Ramsay uh, tweeting at the Purple Platform. And he had another thing to say last night. So that may help that video today be a little bit more relevant. Uh, I uploaded a short about it last night. And it got grabbed by by the by YouTube, and it, it kind of spun up and did very very well. Our NFT video didn't do as well. I don't think that's as interesting. Like the co-founder of the Purple Platform launching uh, an NFT site, but the sub count's actually going up on Presents, which is insane because we unlisted 13 million views worth of videos to to cleanse the channel. And I've been blown away that it actually seems to have worked. Gordon Ramsay, as in the chef, yes. People have been streaming his show, Master Chef, on the Purple Platform, and everybody's saying this is a DMCA nightmare, and he started tweeting at them, because he had a contestant say that she streamed on the Purple Platform. He's like, what the blank is that? Well, he started tweeting at them, and everybody thought, oh, he's cool with it. I don't think so. Um, and he made that pretty clear last night. Um, he's like, the new season starts today or whenever, and he's like, be sure to watch it on per. and he went to type the Purple Platform's name, and he was like, what the blank? And he was like, no, watch it on Fox or Hulu and all of that. Um, so, he's not the rights holder, so he can convince the rights holders to back off, but that doesn't mean that there's not an absolute monsoon of DMCA problems coming to that freaking platform, because I saw Pirates of the Caribbean, I saw Family Guy, I've seen The Simpsons, people have watched UFC fights over there, uh, people have watched Marvel movies over there, that that, that platform is in is in deep doo-doo, because they are, they are just not doing anything to stop it, and uh, YouTube went through this a while ago. It's extremely hard to publish or stream copyrighted material on YouTube and Purple's like um oh, we don't know what to do <laughs> so we're not going to do anything okay well the rights holders will come for you it could be his decision people forgetting he has his own production company it's not his decision Fox owns the rights and he's not Fox rights holders and distribution contracts with Fox and Hulu and all those places you think they're going to be happy about that 
You you think Hulu's chill with that? You think they're cool? Like, oh, that's fine. Gordon had a cute and quaint Twitter exchange with the Purple Platform. No! They paid good money for those distribution rights. You think they're going to sit idly by as the ink dries on their distribution rights contract while XQC streams the new season? They are not going to be happy about that. Gordon can think it's funny or cool or whatever, but the rights holders are not going to think it's very funny. They pay a lot of money for that. You think Hulu's going to be like, it's fine. It's totally fine. <laughs> That's fine. Purple paid nothing, and their streamers are showing something that we paid actual money for the rights to distribute. <laughs> Just you wait. Just you freaking wait. That, that, that company doesn't know what's coming. They don't know what's coming. It's going to be bad. Unless Big Daddy Amazon swoop, swoops in and saves them, which they can't, because a lot of these shows aren't even available on Amazon. So Amazon can't protect them from a lot of this. I remember watching pay-per-view events when it was uh, Justin TV. Things haven't changed. Yeah. I disagree. He has a brand new show. It doesn't hurt him to introduce his shows to a younger audience. I think they allow it or maybe even have a deal. I, like, I'm going to say it again. If you think Hulu and these other websites that want that have the show streaming, if you think they're cool about that, they've, they've, they've paid for distribution rights, you think they're cool with, with XQC promoting the show to a younger audience? No. They're going to be very irritated. The, the, the streaming landscape is incredibly competitive. You got Netflix, Hulu, you got Amazon, you got Disney Plus. They're all trying to grab and, and buy and get distribution rights for shows and movies. They are not going to just sit back and be like, no, that's fine. It's good for MasterChef. No. If they stream the new show, they'd get hit. That would be marketing genius, actually. Well, the problem is, and it, it, we, I, we don't want to get stuck on this. This is why we need a live stream over there periodically. If if people are theorizing this was on purpose as passive marketing for the new show, you don't understand how that platform works. That's not what's going on. Because it basically passively encouraged the entire dadgum platform to do it. So there's all kind of nonsense happening now. That's, that's a horrendous idea. If that was their idea, <laughs> I chuckle at their stupidity. I literally chuckle at it. You are dumb if you think we're going to create a fake controversy and have some of our biggest streamers stream copyrighted content. There was a literal purple staff member that said, no, this is all wrong and can all be DMCA'd. So what, he's in on it too? He's leaving the company in like 19 days. DJ Wheat's gone. And he said, no, this is all DMCA-able and we can't protect you from it. I don't, bu- I don't buy that this was all just some concocted plan to help Gordon Ramsay promote his new show on other platforms. <laughs> yeah, we'll help you, Gordon. We'll have some of our biggest streamers create a fake controversy, stream copyrighted material so we can promote the new season of your show that streams elsewhere. <laughs> no. How many of the age group has tuned into his new show, which is based on a Netflix show, The Platform? I don't know, but again, you have people streaming Pirates of the Caribbean and The Simpsons and Family Guy and X and, and UFC fights. Like, that's the result that they're getting. So, if it's possible, they're incredibly stupid. They're incredibly stupid. In either equation, I, I get what I want. They're either still completely dumb and run by a bunch of Neanderthals that thought that was a good strategy, which I'm telling you that's not what's going on. 
or or they're just continuing to be an impotent platform that lets their streamers do whatever the frick they want in either equation (laughs) i get what i want they look really dumb (laughs) they either look weak or dumb or both like if that's their strategy why aren't they slapping down the people streaming marvel movies or ufc fights or pirates of the caribbean or the family guy or simpsons like you see what i'm saying you're not managing your platform very well if it's like, well, we have this weird backwards idea that we would let XQC and Pokimane and Disguised Toast stream some show to help Gordon Ramsay promote his new show. Oh, by the way, when he promotes his new show, it'll be viewable on other platforms. They wouldn't even let Ludwig come on a podcast. They wouldn't even let Ludwig come on a podcast because they don't want him being able to promote the fact that he's on YouTube. Very next day, he's hanging out on Amaranth stream. Like, good job. He's friends with the most watched female streamer on your platform. You're not going to stop people from knowing where Ludwig is, and yet that's how they acted. They're not going to backwards promote a show that you can't even watch on their platform. I think they'll at least let it go for a bit for the free advertising. Now that I could see, Orphan, I could see the rights holders being like, it's no big deal for now. It's fine. For now, we'll take the free press. We're going to advertise our new season. (laughs) This is great. Thanks so much. Oh, by the way, we're drafting up the DMCAs right now. Thanks for the free advertising. Wham! And then they'll smack them. (laughs) They will smack the dickens out of them. (laughs) This is why we love you. Why? What did I do? If you're just tuning in, we have been talking about Horizon uh, VR and his VR a fad, and we're going to loop back to that, but I I can't help but just get out the brass knuckles and punch that platform when I get a chance. Because my gosh, are they stupid. (laughs) They are so inept. (laughs) The last man of honor is leaving the castle. DJ Wheat is gone in like 19 days. Good friggin' luck. (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) Why did Nightbot hit you? Oh, you put you put like a website. Stuff's been happening for years. The artifact section being hijacked, JTV, ETC. Yeah. Yeah. Lifeflow says only 20% of VR set owners use the device daily. Uh, 39% say they use it once a week, 19 once a month, or uh, 6% just once a year. Yeah, but life flows. Look at that. Look at that number. We looked at this number earlier. I want you to look at that number. Round round the 28 up to 30 to make this easier, and round the 39 up to 40, and then add them together. What do you get? You get 70%. 70% of people who own a VR device use it either once a day or once a week. That's pretty dadgum good. That's pretty dadgum good. That's high. That's very high. Think about what we've talked about with MMOs and how I've said the trend in MMOs is they'll be more accessible, uh, more approachable to the mid lane player, to the more casual player. Why? Because the generations of gamers have grown up and we all have responsibility and children and jobs, and so we play less often. The average age of gamers is like 28 and up. Well, 28 and up also happens to be the average age of marriage in in the West. The average age of marriage in the West is like 28, which is actually kind of high considering... We're not going to get into that. So, if you think about that, then you would see the trend of gamers engaging in lower quantities per week than usual. So, a once a day or once a week engagement with their VR, 70% is actually amazing. You just add the percentage. I'm not sure how that works. If you have 100 people 
and 30% of them use it once a day. That's 30 people, is it not? If, if, what was the other number? 40. If 40% use it once a week, that's 40 people. If you add 30 to 40, it's 70 people. It's 70% of the 100. <laughs> yes, you can do that. You, you can do that. <laughs> You can add percentages to represent a larger percentage. <laughs> Have you had your coffee yet? I'm not a math major, but I think that's wrong. No, it's not. If 30% engage once a day and 40% engage once a week, that added together is 70% of the people that own VR units. I'm rounding up, Fliz. I literally said round the 28 up to 30 and the 39 to 40, so it's easier. 67. Sorry. Yes. Get out your calculators to catch me in an inaccuracy. I said let's round up. It depends on how the survey is made. What? They're asking people who own VR devices, how often do you use it? 40% once a week 30% once a day that represents 70% of the people that were polled do you understand golly this is hurting me what is happening the the, the percentages all add up to 100 when you add them up if it's done properly and so you can add portions of it up to represent a percentage of the 100 goodness gracious this is this is unbelievable did all the categories add up to 100 then what Lono did is legit if they did the survey properly yes they should all add up to 100 Chat, what's happening? You've been been watching American news media too much where they're like, they're using pie charts to trick you. Holy moly. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You guys are dumb, says Wheezy. (laughs) Oh no. Oh. Oh, brother. <laughs> two plus two equals 71. <laughs> oh, 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 gosh. Oh, my freaking gosh. Oh, anyway. Holy moly. Now that we've established <laughs> that you can add percentages together. Oh. What percentage have Beat Saber out of the weekly users? They, they um, what Beat Saber hit? A million? A million in sales? Or what was that statistic? Somebody put it in the Discord. Uh, let me scroll up a bit. Mm, pretty far, pretty far, pretty far. 100 million, I'm sorry. 100 million in revenue. 100 million in revenue. How much does Beat Saber cost? How much does it cost? 100 million in revenue. 30? Is it 30 bucks? Looks like it's 30. Yeah, it's 30. So you got to take um, 100 million, you got to divide it by 30. Get a rough approximation of how many units they've sold. 100 million divided by 30 is, frick's sake, what is this number? Oh gosh, it's so hard because they don't put the commas in. 
3.3 million units sold it looks like this is a rough approximation based on price of the units themselves and 100 million in revenue that's not profit that's 100 million in revenue they've sold approximately 3 million units i think this is total this is total estimation based off of 100 and mil, 100 million in revenue equals about 3 million units sold if it's always been $30 if it was ever higher than $30 then this gets this gets this doesn't work that's beat saber if it's yeah if it's if it's pure revenue according to the report it's 100 million in revenue not profit in revenue 100 million in revenue uh account accounting for roughly 60 70% of that Oh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, so revenue, they don't get the full 30 from Steam, right? Right, 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 right. So it would be, um, uh, it'd be a, so 3.3 million, uh, by 0.7. You got to subtract, um, golly, this is not fun. Um, um, Uh, this is, this is, I can't do it. It's hurting my brain. Uh, da, 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 da. 3 million multiplied by 0. 0.7 is... Uh, 2.1 million. More copies, some more copies have sold more copies have sold roughly 5 million copies okay somewhere in the neighborhood of 3 to 5 million copies have been sold no point in doing the math chat won't understand it (laughs) Uh, is that 100 million before or after the steam cut if it's after the steam cut Oh, I see what you're saying, Wheezy. I did it wrong. I was taking away from the 100 million. I should have been adding to the 100 million. Right, 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 right. You did it right. I did it backwards. I was thinking, oh, they made 100 million. We have to subtract what Steam got. No, you got to add back in what Steam got and then divide that by $30 to get your total. I did it backwards. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's pretty... I mean, we'll say between 4 and 5 million units sold somewhere in that ballpark that's not bad for a VR game I mean dadgummit Ghost of Tsushima just hit 8 million in sales so we can say that Beat Saber sold about half as many copies of Ghost of Tsushima that's that's pretty good that's actually very good for a VR game now it's viral people are streaming it it has had it has had some some marketing help but still that's a, that's really really solid it's really really solid Early adoption, man. Money to be made. So that's, a, that's that's not a bad uh, that's not a bad turnaround, right? It has DLC. Oh, so some of the 100 million could be DLC. Is there Beat Saber DLC that you can like buy that would increase their revenue? Uh, from last February, so we know it's definitely closer to five million. Says Wheezy. Okay. So it's close to 5 million. So it sold a little more than half of what Ghost of Tsushima has sold. That is not bad. <laughs> That's not bad at all. 
Let's do something here. Let's do something. Um, let me give you guys... Uh, let me let you guys watch this uh, trailer again, and I will be uh, I will be right back. I gotta use the restroom. In. Here you go. This is the brand new trailer, Horizon Forbidden West. At the eastern edge of the Sundom, the Oseram stake their claims on the frontier. Tinkers, builders, revelers. Meanwhile, the Karja guard their border, afraid of what lies beyond. In the Forbidden West, in plain song, a red blight consumes the fields. Threatening to destroy the cycle of life and rebirth. The Utaru sing to heal the land. But no hymn will save them. And further west, the Tanakh. Three clans. Each as different as the lands they dominate. After generations of bloodshed, they now cling to a fragile peace, faced with a new enemy, Regala and her rebels. Yet as deadly as they are, there are rumors of an even stronger tribe. Strangers pass the shore. Searching for secrets on the very edge of the West. Peggy 16. Eastern edge of the Sundom. The Oseram stake their claims on the frontier. Fighting chat. Tinkers. Builders. Revelers. It's so exciting, chat. My, uh, it's snowing. So my kids are just, they are just absolutely thrilled. They're absolutely thrilled. They got to play in it. They're uh, they're very very happy. They're very very excited. <clears throat> Lono, looking to clarify, how do you know that the forty percent weekly players does not include the thirty percent daily players? Do you see how if you play daily, you could also fit into the weekly stat? Well, that wouldn't make sense in the breakdown. We're, we're, hang, let me, let me find the stats. Cause if they add up to 100%, then what you're saying wouldn't apply. That would be a really, really gross misrepresentation of the stats that they pulled. Um, all right, let me, let's, let's add it up here. So we have 
39986. Oh, you might be right. Yeah, you might be right. 39 plus 19 plus 8 plus 6 is 72%. Only 28% of VR set users use them daily. Oh, 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 I forgot the 28. I forgot the 28. No, 72 plus 28. No, it, it adds up to 100. It adds up to 100. Yeah, 28's daily. The whole, yeah, the whole total adds up to 100. So th- that wouldn't, that no, that can't be true. What you're saying is, 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 a, is a decent speculation and observation, but given that the percentages add up to 100, then I, I, don't, I don't think so. It was, it was good. No, no, no. It was good pushback to say, well, now, wait a minute, Lono. The, the percentage that plays daily could be included in, in the weekly number, which would mean that it's not 70. No, no, no. That was good pushback. We, we, I just checked it. I just checked it. It was, uh, it was, it was, yeah. We were called A's for questioning. No, 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 no. The original question was, can you really add up percentages like that? It's like, yes, you can. (laughs) In the way that I did it, it was, it was clear. It was clear to anybody that, that, that understood what I was doing, that like, you are allowed to do that. As Zubair said, if it adds up to 100. Now, nobody said, wait, does it add up to 100, Lono? They didn't say that. They said, wait, I don't think that's how statistics, I don't think that's how percentages work is what they said. I don't think that's how percentages work. I don't think you can just add up percentages. And that's why I used the example of 100 people. I was like, well, if you have 100 people, yeah, that's 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 how it's supposed to work. So are we still idiots? I, 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 I've, I, I don't like giving bad news to people, but yeah. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> And then they'd all be in monthly, and then, then all of them would be in six months, and then the weight would... Yeah, there'd be no logical conclusions to draw to it. Yeah, 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 it wouldn't make any sense. It wouldn't. Uh, what's all this math talk? I'm down for it. What's good, Robert? I was actually being very pro-VR in what I was saying. I was like, according to these statistics, 70% of people who have a VR unit, they use it either daily or weekly. So it's either once a day or once a week. It's 70%. Roughly 30 do it daily. Roughly 40 do it weekly. Yeah, that together. It's 70% of the people surveyed. They're at least touching the dadgum thing once a week. That, again, is not bad. Let's just say it that way. 70% are at the bare minimum touching the thing once a week. I will sadly admit I'm one of those idiots. I'm blaming it on lack of coffee. I mean, that, that, that tracks, A. Blame it on something external. It's not you. Oh, golly. <laughs> what? What's the lack? Oh, yeah, my wife says we have a fix for lack of coffee. Who's going to be the first coffee order today? I don't think we've had a day with no coffee orders in like, I don't know how many weeks now. She says she's going to set up an air mattress in my office if we don't sell any coffee today. How big was the survey group? I, I I didn't I didn't look at that I don't know, ten people. <laughs> it was ten people. <clears throat> was there a follow up question for the daily weekly users on on the types of content they were consuming? Right, right, because we might be being presumptuous here. They might not be playing games. They not might not be consuming gaming content. Daily and weekly interaction, you know, tracks with other forms of, of, of VR content. Um, 
VR chat eight minutes ago had 17,000 people playing. Huh. Wait, so they're, they're in there chatting with other people? Huh. I bet those numbers match normal gameplay somewhat close. As far as like normal gamers? Or you mean normal gameplay on the unit itself? Are you saying normal gameplay within the realm of gaming patterns? Or are you saying normal gameplay? As in like, that's what normal gamers do. A lot of it used for X-rated things. Yeah, when I started using that Steam database application to see what games are coming, it is, um, to me it was shocking, it might not be shocking to you, the overwhelming number of X-rated video games that launch literally every single day. I'm not talking like on a monthly or weekly basis. Literally every day, there is some waifu simulator or some dating something or other or it gets more colorful than that and uh, you can uh, <laughs> you can play uh, those games um, yeah and a lot of them are VR so the entire article was tracking VR usage not uh, the whole was just not gaming okay I mean, Paul's making a very funny point. Nine minutes ago, Battlefield 2042 had less people playing it than we're playing VR chat, so... I play the games I own in a similar fashion, so those numbers suggest if you own a VR set, you engage with it normally, just as non-VR gaming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I'm being fair. I've tried to pinpoint... I've tried to pinpoint uh, the challenges that VR will face. I've not tried to, like, write it off. My gosh, dude. January 14th can't come soon enough. God of War on freaking PC. Oh. Oh my gosh, chat. I can't wait. I hope it's just an immaculate immaculate port. I really really do. My brother-in-law plays billiards in bars uh, with random with random on VR and just hangouts for hours. Don't forget, this afternoon, our second show of the day will be about Nightingale, um, the game that was revealed and announced. They've got, they've got some former Bioware devs working on it. It was revealed and announced during the Game Awards last year. Uh, big update on Nightingale. They sat down with Games Radar and I will do my absolute best to give you a really, really good breakdown. Uh, we appreciate all the folks that have tuned in today. Uh, still getting still getting a very, very good uh, suggest rate, so a lot of people are clicking on this video off of other videos, and we appreciate you doing that. As we inch closer to 10,000 subs, we are 13 away. Uh, hopefully you guys have been enjoying the shows. Um... Uh, could the reason be you couldn't run and swing because your posture was too low oh somebody um, uh, maybe it always looked like it was fully restored that weird running glitch in Sekiro that I was getting the guy's like well was it maybe because your posture wasn't full I'm like I don't think so running and swinging shouldn't be affected by posture 
The God of War mods is what I'm looking forward to. Can't wait to see how they sneak in uh, Thomas the Train into that game. I always love those memes that were like, a game launches, and then it's like five minutes later, what the modders have done to it. (laughs) Those are my favorite. I love those memes. Those are my favorite. Posture has nothing to do with that. It's an input issue, is what it is. I'm fairly certain. The game is just like, you recently were doing this, and you must wait a certain amount of time before you can do this. And it just doesn't... It just doesn't seem to, to be consistent. Like, when I played hit and run with the drunkard, that's what I did. I would run, 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 and get him... I'd trigger an attack by him, and then I'd swing into him out of the run. And I was trying to do that to her. I know it wasn't the right strategy, but I was trying it, and it wasn't working. I'd run, run, run. I'd go to hit swing, and I would just, like, stop and stand there. It was like, what? what is happening? It was very bizarre. It was very bizarre. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Thomas, Thomas the Tank showing up in Skyrim is 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 everything. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> hands down, the best Skyrim mod. It's it, what's funny is what's funny is is like that's like a standard, like reliable meme, and you you have to think that somebody thought that up. Um, you know? Somebody thought that up. They're like, alright, alright, alright. Let's put Thomas the Tank in here. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was checking Twitter. I thought maybe no. Someone's going to replace Jim's horse in Game of Thrones with Thomas. Oh, probably. Jin's horse in Game of... Oh, not Game of Thrones. Jin's horse in Ghost of Tsushima. That's right. I always do that. I see G-O-T and think Game of Thrones. They changed the snake in Sekiro to Thomas. (laughs) Usually games look like crap, but modders get them for 24 hours and transform them. I don't think... What do you mean usually games look like crap? What games are you talking about? There are not safer work mods for every game. Oh yeah, what it rule thirty four or whatever it is. Um, yeah, it's unavoidable. Unavoidable. The biggest AAA VR game on PC ever. Yeah, but it launched how long ago? Its all time peak was sixteen thousand. Yeah, Al- Half Life Alex was well reviewed, but it doesn't look like it got good it, good saturation numbers. Um, it might have not had enough of a customer base at the time. Um, it, yeah, it's peak. 2 million units sold of Half-Life Alex, and it only ever hit 16,000 player peaks? VR chat's unfair, though, because it's got a social aspect to it. So, like, obviously that's going to drive more people to be on at the same time than you would have... You wouldn't have, like, a commonality of concurrent players in Half-Life Alex. That's not... I don't know if that's a fair comparison. Same with Battlefield, right? It, 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 it's, you obviously are going to have a, a, a higher probability of players being on at the same time because that's how the game functions and works. It shows why the VR market is not for hardcore gamers, though. Maybe not yet. Maybe not yet. You need the right games to launch, you know? How well did... Wasn't there... Um, 
Didn't the Resident Evil Village VR do really well, I thought? Or at least it was highly praised. Um, at least I thought so. Uh, it's like early smartphones. Yeah, yeah. The adoption just takes a while. And, it, and now Half-Life Alex is, 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 is old, you know? It's, it's too old. Um, so you're, you're gonna, you're always gonna struggle to have good, um, to have good sales and numbers when you're like the first, one of the first ones, because a lot of people are going to be thinking, you know, no, I, I don't have an interest in that. It's brands new. I, you know, a lot of people don't even know if it's going to be fun or worth or worth doing, you know? The game I played the most VR is Beat Saber. Beat Saber seems to be um, one of the. It's possibly one of the games that's really convinced AAA dev studios that look at the look at the money that could be. Ouch! Look at the money that could be made over there. You know, when the first iPhone came out, uh, Super Monkey Ball was state of the art mobile gaming. We've come a long way, real fast. Oh yeah. It's interesting how cyberpunk modders fixed all the stuff CD Projekt Red couldn't be bothered with or didn't make it into the game. Uh, they hired some of the modders, did they not? Because they were like, yeah, you know, we're, we're we need help. <laughs> we need, we need help, you know? We, they, th- and I, I think that might be one of the reasons, um, that might be one of the reasons why they, um, they 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 push back some of their updates because they can have the 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 modding community help squash bugs and then they could focus on making content you know now i'm still getting people telling me that like that that leak or whatever they they shot it down they shot it down it's like one member of cd project red said like super generically that it didn't add up which is not a flat-out denial. So we're still waiting to see um, if they'll if they'll speak, you know, sharply on it. Because they don't seem to be other than that one tweet. I've had a lot of people tell me that, They're like, oh no, they denied it, they denied it, they denied it. I'm like, you're just reading headlines, homie. Go read what the guy actually said. Like, creature found a headline. He's like, oh wait, CD Projekt Red's denying it, and it was just an entire article written. And it was based on that one tweet. And I was like, I still don't know, man. That doesn't seem... I'm not trying to be like all copium wishful thinking, but it still just didn't seem like a strong flat-out denial to me. Uh, It seemed like, well, this doesn't add up, you know. And that could be that some of it's true. It could be that, you know, none of it's true. It just didn't feel like a flat-out denial. Hang on a second. I'm getting the next stream ready, and then I got to save the non-live thumbnail for this stream. So when we're done, um, there we go. There we go. Next stream is ready. We'll be going over there in in uh, in eh, 30 or 40 minutes or so. Still got a lot of things we could talk about here with respect to this game the Horizon VR, or the topic, let's check the poll results, 
Over 500 votes now. 63% saying no, VR in gaming is not just a fad. Um, modded VR and saying they have a 007 Goldeneye level. Oh, really? Huh. Facebook's Oculus division has picked up momentum, and the company said more than 60 virtual reality games and apps uh, have generated more than a million in revenue. In a blog post, Facebook Reality Labs, Mike Verdu said that six titles have generated more than 10 million in revenue on the Quest platform, which includes the Oculus Quest and the Oculus Quest 2. Um, Sony has 17 development studios working on PlayStation first-party games. Let's go. Let's go, baby. You're almost at 10K. Well, yeah, we're getting real close. We're getting real close. Today's, the last couple of streams, like, viewership and turnout has been stellar, and it's mostly people that are, like, already subbed, and then, like, a trickle of new folks, so that's been, that's been pretty cool. You submitted a question, um, yeah, you're, like, one of the few people that still uses that command, we don't use it all that often anymore, uh, let's see, what'd you say? Uh, when did you submit these? There's two of them here. Oh, one's three days old and one's newer. Would investors pump money into a dev accepting a short-term loss knowing if a VR saturation threshold uh, is reached by virtue of their investment, they would reap a greater long-term ROI? No, I don't think that they would because everything that we know about video game sales, you get the bulk of your sales in the first week. So there wouldn't be some... There wouldn't be some, like, short-term loss plan here, right? You know what I mean? It's not like, oh, we'll take a short-term loss. We'll spend a bunch of money. We'll make some insanely awesome VR game. And then in a year, VR saturation projections are really, really good. And we'll make it all back. Well, no. The, 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 all the statistics about game sales would tell you that's a terrible idea. Because you, would, you, would, you wouldn't make it back. I mean, look at the saturation of VR units and is has Half-Life Alex suddenly had a huge surge of interest in sales? I don't I don't know. Uh, the stream was at the top when opening YouTube mobile app, so easy choice. Listening at work in the background, half paying attention. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Have you ever been here before? Um, like as a as a sub, or is this like your first time, Jacob? Brutal says, I initially said it wasn't a fad for gaming, but after hearing you say the spicy game stats it makes me think it may be a fad outside that type do we have stats that cut that segment out well i mean i don't know if we would say that that's so that's so over sliced right that's so over sliced to be like well we have to um you know slice that out yes i'm subbed okay good okay cool that would have been really cool if you weren't subbed and i was just at the top of your mobile app like that would have been that would have been pretty awesome you know to be like hey you know, this come check this stream out or whatever. Uh, I've been curious about our performance on um, on the gaming page, uh, like incognito, and yeah, we do. We don't get we, for whatever reason we don't get a lot of uh, of love on uh, on incognito, and we go live and we go to live gaming. Yeah, and they don't they don't give us love there either. Sometimes we're over there and sometimes we're not. Like and it, it might be too long. I don't think they leave you on those trending 
like live gaming streams i don't think they leave you on there longer than about two hours so yeah they didn't they didn't put us there uh at all today well they might have and i missed it i always forget to check i stopped paying attention to that stuff a, a long time ago but i think there's a limit on how long you can be there um I like your thumbnail, by the way. Thank you, Zubair. I I usually don't do thumbnails like that, but I found such a great picture of Aloy. It was like really, really high resolution, and I was like, man, it'd be really eye catching if she's like wearing a a, a VR, you know, vi- like visor, like goggles or whatever. Um, so I thought it would be I thought it'd be eye catching, you know, maybe a little maybe a little clickbaity, but I mean, we're talking about what's on the what's on the dadgum thumbnail, you know, is it a fad? Uh, so, you know, you see that you come in and the first thing you, you, you know, you see is the poll in the chat. Ellie Williams says, hi, hi. Beat Saber is growing with VR. The more the headsets sell. Yeah. I mean, Beat Saber might've struck while the iron was hot. Like, like how like upward trajectory of growth of saturation. And they're just like, they're right there as one of the primary games. Uh, that you can, you know, that you can buy. Like, that's, that's pretty good that you've, you know, you've got the ability to ride the, to ride the saturation, you know. What was the... What with all the large comments I'm getting? What's with all the large comments I'm getting dizzy? What do you mean large comments? What are you talking about, Jen? Are you on mobile and are different comments bigger than others? Are what are they? Are they doing something funky with the with the the mobile experience? I'm not seeing anything like that. Aloy eating a hot dog? No. <laughs> Uh, they they turned her face into such a meme whenever the first trailers came out. People were just so juvenile about it, you know? Like, uh, he made her fat. It's like, no, they didn't. She looks like she did in the first game. Maybe you have small eyes. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. Nah, mobile's fine. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm not seeing, um, how do you get the poll to go? Yeah, close poll. There we go. There we go. Dismiss poll. I'm on mobile. I don't know what large comedy he's talking about. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything on mobile, like varying size of, of chat or something. Um, why do people always read my weird comments? I feel attacked. What are you talking about? You said, you said, what's with all the large comments? I'm getting dizzy. What the? F- um, she looks like Nick Avocado now. Live on Incognito. Yeah, yeah. Cool. There's live now. There's recent live streams and upcoming live streams. There's also a gaming section if you scroll down, uh, Wheezy. And sometimes we make it there, and sometimes we don't. So, um, the stuff I saw about the live discoverability when I was on a call with YouTube, I thought looked really, really promising. So, what's wrong? Is she gained a little weight? I, yeah, I don't. It. I don't know. I think people took issue with the fact that, like, it. She. Her face looked a little swollen, 
like she had her wisdom teeth out or something I it was only one angle that looked like that and I think people were just being silly it was like they gave her more facial expressions like more movements and I just think from the right angle right it it she looked like she was a little swollen that's live now gaming incognito yeah we're not there if even if you click on it to see the other videos we're not we're not in the list um we're not on the list so confused yeah halo infinite event gameplay is at the top for uh for creature are you are you logged in creature um it was just the one it, it was just it was just the one the one angle she looked normal in every other scene right she looked normal in every other scene they had it was just like that one angle some guy got a snapshot of it and, and memed it and b- made her look like a balloon or whatever and then everybody ran with it and they were like oh my gosh like why they do this to her blah 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 I was just like I don't understand I'm not I'm not seeing what you're you're, you're, you're claiming it's an allergic reaction to eating things in the west right I have the same problem got stung by a bee when I was 7 I've been overweight ever since unfortunate accident (laughs) Aloy being proper thick ain't a problem I don't but she's not she's not I would not describe her in the way that we use the term thick Aloy's not thick she's athletically built she looks like somebody you'd see on like American Ninja Warrior she doesn't look thick like now sure you work out in the right way and you know you might end up with a really a really you know healthy backside and thighs but like that I don't there's nothing about her that is quote unquote thick she's athletically built she's like a six pack like what just her face even her face isn't thick it's the, the the one trailer people sniped like a specific screenshot of her to make it look like that like look here i'll show you the pictures i found it was like well, how did i find them horizon forbidden west they were like really good uh high resolution images of her face right um let's see let's see Here's yeah, here's one. Open image in a new tab and then open image in a new tab. Yeah. Here we go. Oh, that's not a very good one. This is a good one. Hang on. The problem is too is so many of the pictures they try to use from so many of the pictures they try to use they they go they go right face head on instead of at an angle. Like so much of so much of what ends up happening in in these breakdowns and people act this way is they look at her straight on and it's like well yeah that's gonna make her look different you're looking at her face like straight on instead of instead of like from an from a slight angle let me see if I can get this one like here here I think here's a good example all right let me go to the next one and then we'll zoom in. Okay. So, from this angle, she looks exactly the same. Like, she looks exactly the same in this angle from how she looked in the first game. That's what she looks like. There's You wouldn't describe that face as, as like, 
pudgy or swollen or bloated. That's just what she looks like. That's what she looks like in the game. Now, when you look at her head on, okay, sure. She she has th- this section here, right? Not her cheekbones, not her chin or her jawline. The section like between her ears and like her lower jawline looks slightly thicker than it did in the first game. Now, some of this is because they've added more independent movements to her face to give her more expressions. They've talked about this. In the first game, they 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 didn't move their faces enough. They were almost like mannequin-like. They didn't look very expressive. So they've updated that in this game. <clears throat> so, sure, when you look at her head-on, look compared to the first game, all right, hang on. So, oops, I hit my own phone. Horizon Zero Dawn Aloy. Let's get a good shot of Aloy from the game. This, you know, from the first game. Uh, something literally in-game. This is this is a good in-game shot of her. Here we go. Open image in a new tab. Do you see what I'm talking about? Like, it's all about camera angles. It's all about camera angles. That's the first game. You can tell by looking at her hair if it's the first game or the second game. That's the first game. You compare that to this. It's the, it's the same. It's the same. It's virtually identical. She doesn't have like a sunken, you know, swollen, like supermodel. I'm sorry. She doesn't have like a sunken supermodel face. She, she's got a, a more rounded face structure. That's all. It's so ridiculous. I'm like, I don't, I don't see what anybody is talking about. It looks, it looks, it looks virtually identical to me. Like that right there to there. I don't see it. It's, it's, it's virtually the same. It's slightly different. People acted like she got stung by a bee or something. I'm like, it's not that extreme. They changed her model a little bit. Her hair's different. Her facial expressions are more animated. Her clothing's different. Like, they did all those things to her. And it's like, okay, so her cheeks look slightly larger. Like, how much are we monitoring the shape of a woman's body that you're going to, like, notice that? Oh, a millimeter of thickness on her cheeks or whatever. You need better glasses, Lono? You need better priorities if you care about this crap. (laughs) You need better priorities if you're getting out a dadgum ruler and measuring the cheek thickness of a female video game character and debating online about it. Like, your priorities are out of whack. I don't care what you think of my glasses or sights, like what what I see. I don't care about that. You are worried about something that is absolutely immaterial and meaningless. <laughs> the conversation's done, but people pretending the puritanical cleansing isn't everywhere. What do you what does that phrase mean? It just looks a little bit older. Puritanical cleansing. What is that phrase? I gotta look this one up, Eugene. I gotta look it up. Puritanical. This is a good one. Puritanical cleansing. P 
Puritans tried to purify the established Church of England. By the mid-16th century, some reformers thought the uh, Protestant denominations had not gone far enough in purifying the Church and taking it back to its New Testament roots. Puritans were among the most intent on purifying the established Church of England. So you you think that live action Aloy? Yeah, she could. Yeah, she could be Aloy. You think that's ha- who's doing that? You think there's a puritanical purification happening right now? By who? If anything, the 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 I'll use I'll use a nicer word the the relational revolution that has taken place in accepting more you know different practices in how human beings relate cohabitate live together get married all of that that's pretty antithetical to a puritanical purification of society it would be considered the opposite if the puritans were alive today they would they would be a little shocked at how much has changed i i don't i don't know <laughs> where where is this coming from man where where are you what, and what does it have to do with aloy's cheeks the rabbit hole we are way down there in the rabbit hole i think they meant it as they want their female characters to adhere to an established look oh so you're using it as a in a metaphorical way not in a literal way or maybe an allegorical way not metaphorical probably allegorical in any case you're not using it in a literal way you're being like you're 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 attempting to say that there are men who attempt to in essence, do a puritanical cleansing of like women should look like this. I don't know if I would disagree with that. That there probably is a sector of the gaming world and at, of the of the globe where men do that. They attempt to say these are uh, you know what beauty is defined by, and therefore we we want to see that anti disestablishmentarianism. No, not that. I don't know what we're talking about anymore. We're about to go smoke a blunt. <laughs> Caleb says, yes, that's exactly what I mean. Okay, I've never heard that used in this realm. That, like, men attempt to... Like, here, we'll, 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 we're, I'm going to work some meat on the bones here, all right? Horizon, uh, Forbidden West, Aloy Face, okay? So this image floated around the internet for a while, which... I, I found this image to just be absolutely uh, laughable. Um, and here, let's let's get the let's just get the full internet on display here. Th- is this it? Yeah, this is it. This is it. So uh, people talking about Aloy's face. Some saying she looks ugly or whatever. What is wrong with you people? So can someone t- educate me on? Um, was this the image? This was an image that was a meme, was it not? This was the meme. Was this somebody memeing, like skill up or somebody memeing, like making her look like this? Or did somebody, somebody created one like this and was genuine and serious that like they thought she should look like this instead, instead of like slightly sunburnt, a little surly in her disposition and not smiling. How dare she? And look more like, you know, a, a, a magazine cover, like runway model or something. There was one that wasn't a meme, was there not? 
there was a, there was a real one, and then Skill Up like up the ante and like and like memed it with a with a more extreme smile and makeup and stuff. Like out in the middle of nowhere, surviving fighting dinosaurs, and she's got time to put on lip gloss and mascara and get her eyebrows, you know, done. So. What Caleb was saying is there are people that do this and he's referring to it as like a puritan a puritanical cleansing of like we want women to look this way and when they don't look this way we dub them as like ugly or whatever. Just do an analysis of female characters the last 3 to 4 years compared to the last 15. It's hilariously uniform and desexualized in the West. Well, I don't necessarily have a problem with it being desexualized. I think that was an overwhelming and unnecessary trend. In gaming, I I, I think I, I think the the cliches about armor and and you know and women and women wearing like a bikini to go in to fight a dragon and the guy is in like a full suit of armor, um, I I actually think that that's probably been a good thing that we've lowered we've lowered that um, to to a, to a significant degree. I think that actually should be celebrated that they're now existing as just real representations of what people look like. Like, I think the new representations of Laura Croft are actually excellent in comparison to the very uh, buxom and busty versions of her in the past. Like, over, just completely exaggerated with respect to her bust line and shape. She, she looked like she would tip over if the wind blew too strong. It was ridiculous. So now we're upset that women aren't sexualizing games. Right, now I think I might be more fully understanding why he called it puritanical cleansing. Like, he's he's saying they're cleansing the sexualization out and that that's a bad thing. As if, no, they shouldn't, they should be in games or, or, or games. He might be saying, if I were to argue for him in the best way possible, I would say we don't need to completely eradicate the the sexualized nature of women in video games just like it's probably okay to do the same thing with guys it's okay to have a very you know beautiful and 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 very you know maybe even the characters promiscuous who knows like that's an okay thing but it's also okay to have them not being like that right the overwhelming trend was that they were always like that and now he's saying well now it's in the opposite direction I don't think I don't care. I just think it's interesting. I'm not arguing that it's good or bad. I'm saying it is desexualized. Them cleansing sexualization out is definitely a bad thing. Why is it a bad thing? Is that how we exist in normal life? Like, do you go to the office and like you know the women are running around like bouncing and oh and they're like wearing bikinis and and all the men are in suits? Is that what real life is like? I don't think that's what real life is like. It's an over it's an over-emphasized ver- part of reality, right? Yes, there are elements of our reality where women dress like that and want to look pretty and be fawned upon by their significant other or, you know, maybe they're trying to find a significant other. That is an element of our existence, but when every single game you play, women are portrayed to that extreme and men are not, that starts to feel weird. It starts to feel odd. It's like, this doesn't really seem like what reality is. You know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> sexualized men and women, it'll fix everything. Fantasy should be fantastic, but there is a limit. 
real life is what we make it not static and always going to be boring right but just because women aren't prancing around barely dressed why would we classify that as boring it's just different so every game you play like does it does it it goes down into boredom if they're not prancing around and bouncing in a bikini I don't think people are saying it was right before but the overcorrection is absurd as well I don't understand how it's an overcorrection that they've basically closed the chasm between men and women in games so like men traditionally in video games are almost never portrayed in an overtly sexual way okay it's very minimal it happens but it's not very common women were almost always represented that way not always but almost always it was very much it was very very common closing that chasm and gap and acting as if no both both genders are now portrayed a little more evenly across the board how is how is that an overreaction? I, I I don't I don't see that. I don't. There are still plenty of games where they are they are buxom and bouncing around, and that and those games are super popular. There's a game launching next month called Lost Ark, and let me tell you, if you want to look like you're ready to walk down the Victoria's Secret runway, you can do it very popular game in Korea coming to the West and you can make your character look that way only thing they changed was some of the default armor doesn't look like lingerie now you can still get it and equip it if you want it's puritanical because it is ironically saying uh, what is acceptable and isn't about sex I think that's massive amounts of projection there's a gigantic difference between a a destigmatization of talking about and having a healthy attitude about sex and sexualizing characters in a video game. I feel those are categorically different. And to a certain extent, you could probably talk to psychologists about this. And if you want to develop and foster a, a, a young mind's healthy attitude about sex, you ain't doing it with oversexualized characters and a, de- a disproportionate focus on women's bodies. So, ironically enough, no, I, I, I think that the opposite is true. There is two extremes, right? There was the era where you wouldn't talk about it. It was very taboo, very hush-hush. Nobody would talk about these things, and especially in super conservative circles, so it was never talked about, and, and it was viewed as almost a shameful thing, right? An overemphasis of propriety. And then in the other direction, there's an overemphasis of Permiscuity and 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 dressing, uh, you know, immodestly, and all your value is rooted in your body, right? A lot of the body positivity movement is completely counterproductive because you're still establishing a philosophy that women are to be gawked at and looked at as if their value is somehow derived from their body. Like the, a lot of the body positivity movements and the oh we use real women's bodies for our models, but, but again you're you're still operating under the assumption that a woman's body is to be gawked at, looked at, and and fawned after, which is healthy in the right context, but not in establishing like their place in the world and their place in media culture and advertising, or or you're selling products that are primarily focusing on beauty, which is again reemphasizing the idea that like women are decorative. And, and should decorate their faces and bodies to be what? Looked at, fawned at, or praised. 
they're not getting out from underneath that paradigm they're just shifting how it's executed so if you think about that like you've got the overemphasis on propriety and not talking about it and an overemphasis on like it's everywhere it's oversaturated neither of these are healthy they're both different versions of the same coin you see what i'm saying it is a part of your reality and you should have a healthy attitude about it but you're not getting it from impropriety and you're not getting it from propriety like neither of those are going to establish a healthy view of it men uh, men are judged uh, and how they're treated look too uh, it's just it's just usually le- oh, less sexual right I'm not saying that it's not something that's true of men that's not the subject right now we're talking about you know the the evolution of how women are portrayed in media, commercials, and video games. The ways in which we confuse sources of worth in a conversation in itself, right, is a conversation in and of itself. That's not what I'm saying. I'm arguing that we should have the conversations that you just stated, but devs assume it should not be a convo, period, and to be a uniform look. I think you have an incredibly hard time substantiating your claim because there are plenty of games right now that have super hot women in them. It, it, it hasn't been brushed off the table. It hasn't been purified. It's still, it's still everywhere. What are you talking about? They, they, that's not been eradicated from games. You're going to have a hard time substantiating that claim just because like, just because Aloy is not bouncing around in a, in a bikini it's still super common probably more common than not common like just because Aloy's not prancing around and and just because Laura Croft is is like is a C cup instead of a D cup doesn't mean that like oh it's been completely eradicated and so uniform now what the frick are what where how can you how can you substantiate that claim? She looks like a guy now. You think Aloy looks like a guy? They did not make her androgynous, and they certainly did not make her look like a man. That is ridiculous. <clears throat> we discussed it and watched it, Fuzzy. We watched it through uh, twice. If Aloy wasn't an adventurer, she would have a skinny build with no muscles. She still is quite skinny. She is quite skinny in the game. She's very small in frame. Look at her arms and her and her waist. She's she is. She's very small in frame. The face has traditional male features. <laughs> what? What male what traditional I oh this is even better come on boxer put meat on the bones for me here what traditional ideal male features are on her face what what I, I want to know I I gotta I gotta I gotta have this fleshed out for me now this this is it this is fantastic Very full lips, very thick eyebrows. I'm not. I don't. I'm not seeing it. A very non-prominent nose. I what? Yeah, she doesn't have an Adam's apple. I don't. What are you? What are? What are you talking about? 
like genuinely look at look at her lips and her nose and her eyes and her eyebrows that is a very that is a very if you look at like traditional art to modern art to how women to, to how women look these days with the way they do their makeup and eyebrows she looks very feminine traditional ideal male features where I, what are you talking where That image is different from the trailer I've seen. That's the model in the trailer. This is what happened. This is what happened. People took a screenshot as she turned and like made a face or like furled her eyebrow and they took that screenshot and acted like, yeah, that's what she looks like all the time. Have you ever seen a picture of yourself where you look kind of bad? Have you ever seen paparazzi pictures of, of celebrities and they look kind of bad? Why? The lighting, the angle, you know, you don't quite look like yourself. You're like, oh my gosh, am I dying? You know, have you ever been to somebody's house and they have like a a mirror with more like vanity lighting that's like hitting you dead on and you're like oh golly I look sickly why well you're under unusual lighting circumstances you're like bing it's like you're on the operating table it's extreme it's like oh there are screenshots from the trailer where she looked a little I, I don't know maybe kind of frumpy or maybe kind of less feminine but this is the same the, 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 this is the same model right here that they use in the game. Where's the image from? When was it made? Let's wait for the game. What do you what do you what are you talking about? This is from Gorilla. This is their they're breaking down the, the, the things they did to her model. They didn't change anything. That's what she looks like in the trailer that was posted months ago. Getting, you're getting, you're getting down too deep in this. You're getting down way too deep in this. This right here is is right from the trailer. This right here is right from the trailer. The one that everybody says, oh, she looks masculine, manly, fat, whatever, dumb. That, that that's from the trailer. And it's the same face. It's just from a different angle. I don't I don't get it man this is the most wow conversation we've ever had I I don't see traditional masculine ideal traits in any of the pictures right the one picture where she looks a little puffy, I'm like, okay, she she was turning and her face looked a little swollen. I, I don't see ma- as masculine features. Her hair, her long hair reminds me of your long hair, therefore masculine. <laughs> Let's clarify, are people taking the position that existing characters should not be changed? That is distinct from new characters should be less sexual, right? <clears throat> Aloy's facial capture. Yeah, they did. They she does look a little bit more, a little bit. She looks more full in the game and in the pictures that I've looked looked at. She looks more full than that picture, Eugene. And the and the neck, the neck helps. 
right? The neck and the collarbones being visible tricks your eye. It tricks your eye a little bit. We could probably do an overlay of that picture to the picture I've been using, and you would see that Aloy's face is a little bit wider, but the neck really narrows it. It makes her look... She's like... I was watching uh, Downton Abbey. One of my favorite characters was Sybil, and I was struck by, like, her neck and, like, her... This this area here was just beautiful. She looked like a sculpture. She had a very, very, very classic look to her. And I thought, oh man, she's she's the prettiest sister in the bunch. She's gorgeous. And I'd never really noticed the neck before. That picture there, you can see that very thin neckline coming up really adds to the to the how you 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 take in the picture. Uh, AD Jay-Z with five months. Aloy's in a world where she's facing robots. Being muscular would be understandable. Uh, and it's been a while since we've seen her. Right. Thanks for almost half a year. You like Gwen? Gwen. Huh? Who's Gwen? Gwen Stefani? <clears throat> the main thing I don't like is Mass Effect remakes. They try to show less of Miranda, and literally Miranda was made to look good. They didn't show less of Miranda, they just cut out some of the camera angles that literally stared at her butt. Gwen from Spider-Man, Gwen Stacy. Yeah, I'm not. I don't. Who are you talking about? It's a. It's a video game person. It's a video game character, not a person. Well, here, let's show you. This is the. This is the person that they used for Aloy's face capture. Let me. Let me show you. You'll see similarities in face shape. You will. Is this it? Okay. So you'll see some similarities in face shape here. Okay. Let's see if I can get it a little bit bigger. So it lines up a little bit more for the click back and forth. So you can see, you can see the like coming down from her forehead, her cheekbones and jaw jut out a little bit. She's got a very full, very symmetrical jawline she's very beautiful symmetry is is a part of what makes us think a face is beautiful she has a very symmetrical face and very full lips look the lips are almost identical i mean they they did they did like almost like a one-to-one screen grab of her face and her nose is a little a little slightly different they adjusted how her nostrils look and her eyes are slightly smaller and her I, I, Aloy's eyebrows are arguably more shaped and more like they're more quote unquote done, like getting your eyebrows done. Aloy's eyebrows are arguably more more done and more symmetrical uh, than this woman. Her name is Hannah uh, Hoekstra. Again, her narrow neckline is adding to like, oh, she looks so, you know, thin and sleek. And then you look at Aloy, and then Aloy's got like hair and a thing around her neck. You know what I mean? They did stretch her a teensy bit. It's a very small amount. I wish I could Photoshop these two on top of each other to see like it is extremely minor how much they kind of stretched her a little bit. If all women could stop messing around and become Padme. 
You want jawlines? Yeah, that guy. That. that. <laughs> uh. I never thought we would get to the day where we were talking about the shape of eyebrows. The future is weird. <laughs> she looked like she got her wisdom teeth removed in game. I think there's a couple of angles that yes, her face looks a little swollen. But again, that's you. If you take the wrong angle in the wrong picture, have you guys ever seen the guides on like how to take a picture for Instagram? Have you ever seen that? Like the use of angles and lighting, you can make yourself look 100% different from like what you actually look like. Have you ever seen that? Like they goof and they, they turn and they use their chin and their jaw to make themselves look, you know, thinner or heavier with, with just basic lighting and angles. Well, that's why in some of the angles and some of the shots in the, in the, in the trailer, she looks a little, she looks a little swollen, but it's, it's again, it's an, it's an angle thing. It's it's not a it's not a persisting thing, and even if even it is, it's like, and people photoshopped it too. People photoshopped it. That's the thing too. There's lots of images floating around from the trailer, and people people made her people stretched it and made her look bigger. You know, she also looks more realistic. Like I think here's here's actually a really good comparison. I think this is a good comparison, right? She's she's been she's been through some things, right? She's got a little bit more sun, a little bit more freckles, the way the light hits her skin, it's more realistic. And yeah, she looks like she's she's grown up a little bit. Right here she looks like teenage, you know, super super thin, super athletic over here she looks like I've I've kind of been through some things, right? I'm out here fighting these dinosaurs and I've got a bit of a sunburn and yeah, she looks like maybe she she is a little shaped different. Like but again, it's it's the same person that's showing age. You know what I mean? Most importantly, why does it matter? That side by side, I'm not liking the look. The image on the right is shopped. No, it's not. That's right out of the trailer. That image is everywhere. This image of her from the side, that that image is everywhere. It's the same it's the same image. Oh no, it is. It is photoshopped. They squished her. They squished her. No, Eugene's right. They squished her. They squished the image to make her look fa- to make her look fatter. They squashed it. Look at this one. Look, do you see? You see what people are doing? Oh, they've squashed both images for some reason. How are they captured the picture? This one over here is squashed too. Let's look at this one. There's still a difference. There's still a difference. Same woman, different lighting angles. Yeah. It looks like it looks like she's mutating into other people in that in that GIF barrier in that animated GIF. I didn't did I show this to you? I don't know if I showed this to you. Here, look. This is the first one I showed you. It's been squished. Look at her look look at her hair. Look at her hair and her head suddenly get taller. You see? 
so many of the comparisons have been have been disingenuous it's all been shot the whole thing is made up no this one here is not shot that's a that's a screenshot from the trailer that's just a straight up screenshot that's not been that's not been fiddled with I've looked at the trailer enough and got my own screenshots enough to know that 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 image has not been altered uh, in any way. It's clear, it's clear that, that, you know, if, if Kratos was suddenly a little huskier, heavier, or older, I don't think anybody would say anything, but because she's showing a little bit of wear and tear living out in the wild and fighting dinosaurs, people are like, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. More shipping updates for North America. Uh, shipping to the USA, Canada, Mexico, and most of South America has started. However, the dramatic increase has impacted. Uh, we are working very hard, but it'll take about two weeks to clear the backlog. Okay. I'm still waiting for my Orlog game that I kickstarted from um, um, the, the Orlog dice game from... what is it uh <laughs> I can't think of it from Assassin's Creed golly I'm trying to do too much loop control M okay yeah AC Valhalla has a really cool dice game alright let's go here Let's make sure redirect is set. Changes made. Okay, I have a really, really substantive update for you guys on this game called Nightingale. Uh, We're going to be switching to that stream here in just a brief moment. I will give you a, a hyperlink to it in chat in the event that the the redirect doesn't work. East Coast Overlord with five dollars. I agree. Better lighting and angles makes all the difference. That's the only thing that's stopping Star Wars The Last Jedi from being 10 out of 10. <laughs> Shut up. Okay. Uh, whoop. That's not right. Get my tweet ready. Is there a Nightingale Twitter account? Nightingale Game? No. Uh, Nightingale Game. Uh, People. Nightingale Games, Skyrim Nightingale, Nightingale Games. Who's the developer? What's the developer's name again? Shoot. Uh, mm, oh, it's like in in something. Shoot. We put it in the description. Uh, da, 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 da. I'll go to their website. It's made by Inflection Games. Inflection Games. 
A non-profit conf- Nope, that's not them. Do they not have a Twitter account? Hang on. Reopen the page all the way down here. Oh, here's their Twitter. Play Nightingale. Got it. Okay. I was like, what the frick? Oh, do, 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 do. you always like to make sure your tweets like include the actual, uh, whoops, share, copy. Okay. Yo, Basito with five months of subs says Double Dippers Unite. Thank you very much, sir. Alright. Alright, there is the link in chat. Nightingale tweet has been sent. Go on the back end, get ready to stream. Hey, thanks for clicking on the video. Going to be another episode of SNTR Gaming News talking about Nightingale Game Update, a really big update. They sat down with Games Radar. We're going to break down the significant update and details about the game for you right here at the beginning of this stream. We try to do broadcasts that last for about three hours. And when we do that, it enables you to get the information right here at the start.